Well, hi everyone! Welcome to Nature Check's Arda Campaign, the show where you come for the game and stay for the science. This is episode 20 of the Arda Campaign, and we are so excited that you're here with us. Uh, today is especially special because we're also at our one year anniversary of running Nature Check and the Arda Campaign. We started this one year ago, actually more than one year ago, but we were live for the first time one year ago this weekend. <laughs> um, so that's pretty exciting. Um, we're one year old. So Aww. much has happened. Aww. <laughs> first, Aww. Aww. first we do introductions. Hi, I'm Cheryl, and my pronouns are she, her. Uh, I'm the dungeon master for the Arta campaign. Uh, I'm also a PhD student studying ecology at the University of Illinois at Chicago. And when I'm not doing my research, I'm also a science communicator and the host of The Roving Naturalist on YouTube. And in a little less than two weeks, I'm going to be running the ComSciCon flagship conference, which is very exciting. Uh, yeah, next we've got Peter. Hey everybody, I'm Peter. I'm a uh, agriculture agent in Maryland. Um, my background is entomology. Uh, so I teach people about agricultural science and entomology. Um, and my pronouns are he, him, um, and I play Cedric, the dwarven cleric, the very annoying dwarven cleric. <laughs> <laughs> uh, next, we've got Nancy. Hello, everybody. My name is Nancy. I am an entomologist, which means that I study bugs, and I live in Ecuador, where I normally do bug tours, but alas, not happening right now. So instead, I do entomology classes and also starting my YouTube channel. I play a rogue, a roguish woman, you might say. She's actually a rogue named Kay, and my pronouns are she, her. And then we've got Ryan. Hi, I'm Ryan. I'm also an entomologist. Uh, I do plant health care and integrated pest management at a conservatory and botanical garden in Pittsburgh. Um, and in our game, I play Fletcher, who is a human wizard. And then we've got Cindy. Hey, Cindy Page. Uh, she, her. I am a science enthusiast and I also uh, play uh, engineer on the Weirdlings uh, Twitch and YouTube channel over Heroes of Awesome Constant. Here's an awesome constellation. Hi, I can keep words straight. Um, <laughs> here, it's just there's so much, and words just slip out. Um, I'm also a part-time amateur sleep medicine uh, student at the moment, uh, so oh. I'm learning all kinds of fascinating things about brain fog and why my words slip out of my head sometimes. Uh, but uh, here, I'm playing the water method, uh, Natia. Mm -hmm. And then we've got Joe. Hi, my name is Joe Ballinger. Uh, pronouns are he, him. I am also okay with they. I play uh, uh, Lucanus, our resident elven barbarian, and I am a weed science PhD student at the University of Wyoming, where I am trying to uh, figure out how weeds or how crops fight weeds. Mm. Ooh, how, or weeds how fight crops. crops. Fight weeds? That's a much yeah. more like action figure-y way of describing your research. I like Oh, that. yeah. No, they, they, <laughs> they uh, uh, plants fight amongst themselves. And, you know, agriculture is like ground zero for figuring out how that happens. I've it's got it. actually pretty cool. Rock'em, sock'em, rhubarb. <laughs> I, I might is that okay if i steal that please i haven't gotten to run this show in a while folks um <laughs> if you're watching us right live right now thanks for being here and as always if you have any questions for the cast make sure and put them in the chat so we can respond and laugh at them and stuff like that 
Hey, did you know we're on social media? You can find the Twitter handles for our entire cast of video gamers and TTRPG players down in the reference section below. Uh, speaking of our Twitter page, it's time to announce the winner of the Rate My NPC bracket. After you all voted on our 64 contenders over the last few weeks, we've come up with the best NPC in the whole Arda campaign, or at least of the ones you've met so far. And that winner is Captain Carolyn Dawson-Clark of the Naval Fort in New Seychester, formerly Lieutenant Carter Dawson-Clark during the Annals of History shows. She was <laughs> undercover, as it were. Uh, congrats to Captain Dawson-Clark on her win, and thanks to you for following along and voting. Uh, don't forget, if you're not able to watch us live, you can, as always, find the sessions for both of our consistent RPG campaigns, so that's both Arda and Burn, uh, in video form on our YouTube channel and in podcast form everywhere. Tonight, we'd like to give a shout out and thank you to our listeners in Ontario, Canada, who have downloaded our podcast Ooh. over 80 times. Thanks, everyone. Yay! Hey. Yay! Thanks, Canada. Uh, now, it's time for a moment of real talk. We all participate in a lot of different spaces in our lives, um, but two of those spaces, namely the outdoors and the gaming community, have unfortunately been places where people of minority backgrounds have not always been made to feel safe or welcome. We at Nature Check want to remind everyone that green spaces and gaming are places where everyone belongs and everyone should be made to feel safe and welcome. We'll continue doing our part to make that happen, and we'd like to thank you in advance for helping us with that mission. Okay, anybody else have any projects they'd like to plug this evening? All right, that head shaking means wait. it's time to get started. Wait, wait, oh, wait, wait what? we do have... We do have a post coming up on uh, Ask an Entomologist on Tuesday, um, and I am the one who runs the Twitter, and if you're a fan of the site or the Twitter page, yes, uh, it's been kind of quiet for the past few days, but I have um, sudden responsibilities I have to take care of, I'll just say. so. When we Joe's will, done looking, uh, he'll, he'll get back to asking an entomologist. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So we will. Uh, I don't really want to tell that whole story again, but um, yeah, we'll we'll be we'll be back in force uh, uh, next week. I just have stuff to take care of. So yeah. so yeah, if you didn't already like bugs enough after listening to all these people, go check out Ask an Entomologist for even more. Bugs. You you never love bugs enough. Even we don't love bugs enough. That's true. Not as much. <laughs> not enough. All right. Not enough. <clears throat> not enough. Okay. Everything changed when the gods left Lacidus. The world became a complicated place. For almost a century, people fought with one another and struggled to find new ways of being. The loss of the gods also made the continent of Arda newly accessible to the outside races, and humans from Tenibria established New Seychester as an outpost city on Arda's southern shore. In the spring of 972, four young people from different lands encountered one another in New Seychester. Though their alliance was first formed out of necessity, curiosity, and coin, they have now come to trust and rely upon one another as they explore a strange new world. Fletcher, a human wizard, collects samples and takes copious notes about everything they encounter in Arda, as he hopes to publish on his discoveries and make a name for himself. Cedric, a dwarven cleric, came to Arda to share the word of Moradin, but in the meantime, he's met a lot of new and diverse people and learned to rely on his friends when the going gets tough. Lucanus, an elven barbarian, seems either to be running from or towards something, but he hasn't let his dark past prevent him from working with and protecting his newfound companions. 
Kay, a roguish young woman, is new to the violence and adventure of the broader world, but her desire to make a difference and do the right thing to help the people she cares about pushes her forward. And Nadia, a method from the elemental plane of water, was trapped on Arda while partying when the loss happened. Now that the river she relies upon has become poisoned, she's teamed up with this unlikely group of adventurers to save her home. Boy, you guys have really been having an adventure these last few days, huh? You left New Seychester on the morning of the 12th of Bloom Run, boarded a ship, crossed the Coquereal River, entered the rainforest known to you as the Kaleminster Woods, saw a variety of new plants and animals, were bested by the red parrots you're supposed to be catching for Sawan, met a water method named Nadia, continued investigating the poisoned river, and made your way through a subterranean temple that you found via a dream Kay had. In the temple, you eventually, through luck and persistence, and maybe a little help from the DM, <laughs> managed to somehow perform a rite or ceremony that granted the four of you increased swimming skill, but may have left you with more questions than answers. You have since, out of uh, off screen, spent another day walking northeast through the forest, continuing to follow the edge of the river and looking for any signs of the water quality changing. Uh, it is now the morning of Hextum, the 17th day of Bloom Run. I need perception checks from everyone. Oh, damn it. Good thing. <laughs> As you walk around. Um, Traipses. I'm so perceptive that I know where my character sheet is. <laughs> <laughs> the most perceptive. I have a 16. 16. And ten. <laughs> uh twenty-one. Woo! Twenty-one. Starting that one off strong. <laughs> yes. Fifteen. Fifteen. <clears throat> While we're waiting for Peter to roll, uh don't forget to be logged in to roll twenty, because you never know what you yeah. might need. Feel <laughs> so called out. <laughs> yeah. I'm just saying. <laughs> no, I know it she's calling me out because I'm the one who had to log in to roll twenty and, and... <laughs> it took the longest to answer. Uh, that's a 13 for A me. 13. Okay, so, uh, Lucanus, you're the only one that had over a 20, I believe. Yep. Um, so, again, you're walking along through this uh, rainforest, and the vegetation is very thick and very diverse. Um, but, Lucanus, out of the corner of your eye, kind of off a ways, you notice a tree that just, like, seems a little different. Like it just it just doesn't look like all of the others. There's something off about it. Selling stuff. What? <laughs> just before we started, oh, right. it was like this is a world where trees could be. <laughs> it's, it's a it's well. A... No, I'm thinking I'm thinking more like a Maybelline cover tree. Like that tree's not like the others. Oh. <laughs> Or um, something I don't know. Well, this tree is not wearing mascara, um, but it is it is one of the larger trees. Um, but yeah, something about it just looks off. Again, you're you're a ways away, so you can't necessarily tell a whole lot about it from this distance. But it just like caught your eye as being different. How is it different? Uh, like I said, you can't really tell from this distance. Um, yeah. But you can do with that as you will. Hey guys, there's a weird tree over there. Can we go check it out for a second? There's weird trees everywhere. What? Did it look at you funny? I think it might have. He started saying stuff about his mom. I mean, my mom's dead, so maybe like the, it did. Thanks for that. Thanks for, <laughs> so dark. Shutting that down like a eighth grade insult. <laughs> uh, I mean, 
it, it's I don't know. It it seems like something we should go check out. Well, which tree? Uh, if like you pointed out, I mean, Nadia, have you seen a tree like whichever one it is before? I I don't know which one you're even talking about, Lucanus. But if you can show Nadia, maybe she'll know something. Can I point to the tree? Tree? Yeah, you certainly can. You can point it out. Okay. Um, Nadia. I point. I point to the tree. Yeah, so that you can see it once he points it out to all of you, and um, mm -hmm. it does. It it looks different, but like you're not really able to like. Again, you can't really get a good sense of like how, because it is still you're like pointing at it from a distance. It's like you know, maybe like fifty or a hundred yards away, right? Like it's still it's still a ways off. You just happen to mm -hmm. notice that something about it looks strange. But yeah, it's I mean it's one of the species of trees that's very common in the forest, Nadia. So it's not like it's mm -hmm. a it's not like it's a tree that doesn't belong in the sense that it's not the same kind. It's just it looks different than the other trees of that species. Does it look like it would have a demon trapped inside of it? Uh, roll for demon? I don't know. That, <laughs> like, what? <laughs> I, I don't Can know. I... I don't know what sort of like. <laughs> what are you looking for there? <laughs> I don't know. General aura of evilness. Mm. Well, I mean, like does it, bacon. Is it, does even it that match kind of tree? up? A Ooh, demon yeah. tree? Is it? Is it the kind of tree that the? Oh, is it a K-pop? Yeah. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Yes. So between. Like, since I read, uh, since Fletcher read both books, you know, I figured, you know, reading the word K-pop would probably not really mean anything to him. But then I also read the book that was like a field guide. Mm -hmm. So if, if I were able to mash those things up, does it like, like if I can find the, the picture again in, in like the book that I have, um, does it seem like that matches up with what was it, the, the story in the Tales of the Father about the devil being trapped in the K-pop tree? Are you trying to match the picture of the the K-pop tree from the field guide to this one, or t from the storybook to this one? No, from the field guide. Oh yeah, so yeah. Knowing, it's... Like so, knowing that like if there was if there was a thing in the field guide labeled K-pop to be yes. like, okay, does it look like maybe it yes. is a K-pop? Yeah, and it is. Okay. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah. Then I guess I yeah I pull out the guide and I <laughs> like find that picture again. Um, and I figure if we've been traveling for another day and we like spent a night, I probably I was probably looking through this more. Um, and just tell everybody like, uh, yeah, this, it, that is definitely this tree. And if you cross references to the other book, the other not locked up book that we found, <laughs> uh, that's supposed to be the kind of tree that had this devil trapped in it supposedly by the gods. Um, whether we believe in that or not, uh, I don't know. We, we could check it out, but depends on how lucky we're feeling, I guess. And I go like knock on the tree, just like on the door. Uh, you want to go over and inspect the tree or investigate it, get closer? Yeah, you can yeah. get closer. Yeah. Um, what would you? You said you wanted to knock on what? Just like knock, like as you would knock on a on door. Wood. Just yeah, uh, yeah. Just knock on the roots. Yeah, you can do that. It makes okay. a kind of a funky, hollow sound, like when you knock on large buttressed roots of trees. Hmm. Well, I mean, you know, if it's a hollow sound, most roots aren't hollow. Can't hear you, Nancy. <laughs> um, so the, the buttress roots actually make a kind of twangy noise. Like oh, do they? Drum. Yeah, and it's actually a way that locals in the Amazon would communicate to each other because you can, like, bang on them with a stick and they reverberate and you can hear them for a really long time in the forest. Gee, huh. I wonder if, I that's, know that. if that's why there's a thing about knocking on the roots in the story. 
Isn't that an odd coincidence? It's almost like someone yeah, did, that... did research. <laughs> hmm. Weird. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, Weird. Weird. if nothing happens, I'm not going to risk awakening evil. Um, while you're over here, though, um, you can do a, uh, a search check or a knowledge nature check uh, to get a better idea of like what's weird about the tree. Yeah, I got a five. On what? The check. Oh, okay. Um, yeah, it just it looks odd, um, but you can't really like put your finger on what is odd about it. Okay. All right. Well, weird tree. Did That's... did the rest of you follow him over to the weird tree, or are you still like? I was going to, but he like <laughs> took off, so maybe I'm a little bit behind him. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, I, I would yeah, probably I be behind sort of with Kay. Um, definitely wanting to do a, a, a better up close comparison especially now that i have this book that i'm like trying to both translate and fill out more as, as a potential starter to you know to something that i could write myself so i would definitely want to get up close and see like oh maybe there's different variants of the tree or maybe mm -hmm. it has a, you know different male and female plants and, and has to <laughs> it reproduces weirdly or something like that totally. epiphytes Oh, there are definitely other fights growing up. Um, yeah. But yeah, well, any... it's the 4-0 fight. Ah. <laughs> um, yeah, so anybody else who might have followed Lucanus over, you can also do either a search check or a knowledge nature check on this tree if you would like to try to get it more information. Yeah, I think I'd I will... want to know because he printed out. I think, I think Cedric's not really that interested. <clears throat> okay. Are you, so are you over here with the rest of your friends or did you kind of yeah, stay I, where Yeah, I were? came with the, with the group, uh, but I'm just kind of like <clears throat> keeping watch on the forest uh, to make sure that we're not attacked while 23. they're all being nerds. <laughs> uh, 23k? What's that? Yeah, no. I got a 22. I got a natural 20 on knowledge Woo! nature. Whoa! Oh, yeah. I did a search check. I didn't do, no, I did search. <clears throat> okay. Um, knowledge. Because I have no knowledge. <laughs> Being 17 and all. <laughs> I did a uh, a search check and got a 16. Okay. Um, so you and Kay are both sort of like looking, you're sort of like, you know, circling the trunk and looking at the roots and stuff. Um, and yeah, you can see that like this tree is odd it's off um it's definitely a k-pop tree like your book says um like it you know it matches up with all the identifying characteristics so you don't think it's like a variant or, or any of those other cool things that you mentioned um but k you start to realize that like it like as you're moving your fingers on the tree as you're like you know walking around you know how you kind of just like drag your hand on a tree um the, parts of the tree are like coming off in your fingers like it looks like some parts of the tree might be dead like it's breaking mm. off like it's sick and nadia you also notice that the tree is sick um there's some sort of something infecting it I... it shouldn't be like this and so you you notice too cedric you said you're keeping watch yeah you want to give me a perception check yeah oh no <laughs> <laughs> i mean he said he was keeping watch so, you know, I am rolling a something, 16. a 16. I am rolling with this really cool, awesome, beautiful metal die given to me by Die Hard Dice as a free gift when I ordered two dice sets this week. Thank you so much. I love the way it sounds. It's really loud. I have metal um, dice, dice too. Awesome. Mm. Um, so you said you got a 16. Your guys' dice are so pretty. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah. Uh, okay. 
So yeah, you're looking around. Um, sorry, did somebody else say they were doing something? Okay, you started to mention the tree. Yeah. Yeah. I was just gonna look at Nadia and say it she was like, something's wrong with it, or whatever she just said. I'm like, oh, so you noticed too. Yeah, that's that's not how these trees are supposed to look. I I wouldn't know, but it definitely seems not okay. Uh I'm I'm guessing. Fletcher, I'm pretty... Does your book say anything? Oh, sorry. I was say, I'm guessing I'm pretty close to cave. We were like walking around, so I think yeah, I came up and um, and I was like, no, the you know, the book describes sort of how to identify this tree, how it normally appears. So these sorts of aberrations or diseases or things that might pop up, it it doesn't really delve into. But but we could, it seems it seems odd, and maybe we should probably at least explore this a little bit. Um, and then I think he would probably maybe use like the end of his quarter staff or something to just like crack off some bark, okay. look underneath. Um, <laughs> as you're doing maybe that, maybe it has armillaria root rot, and I'll find some shoestrings that glow in the dark under Ooh, the bark. I Ooh. love those. Oh, those are also <laughs> known as honey mushrooms, is that right? Armillaria, I think that's when it, um, the with the, the big fruiting body when it comes yeah. out, like at the base of the trunk, is yeah, yeah, and those are edible. Yeah. Are they? Yeah. Okay. But yeah, the shoestring, mycelia, hyphae, whatever, bioluminous, they're really cool. That would be... Fungi! That would be something really cool to buy in a store, <laughs> you know, you just sort of like take it home and it's like... Don't make this a shopping them. episode, Joe. Wait, <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> the Sorry. tree is already selling things. Mm. You laugh at us. I, um, you know what, I've been doing so much cooking that <laughs> anytime we mention something, I'm just going to be wondering if it's edible. Which is also pretty much in character for me anyways. Totally. So. Mm -hmm. um, Kay and Fletcher, since you said you're standing next to one another as you're discussing the tree and investigating it, I want you to tell me high or low. One of you pick. Which it's going to be. Kay's going to be high. Now I'm rolling with the fire sprite die from Die Hard Dice. And it was... Hashtag, is this video sponsored? No, I just thought I, it would be nice for me to shout out the beautiful dice that I bought because I, I love them. I'm just uh, It was an eight. Um, so that means it's Fletcher. Um, wow, I bet that doesn't... Um, nope, that's a nine. That does not hit you. However, Fletcher, you can't help but notice, even though it does miss you, all of a sudden, something kind of whooshes over your head. Like, could I tell which direction it went in? Like, like, like it came from like behind you and went like over your head. Did I like witness this? Uh, you were all looking at the tree and stuff, um, and Cedric did not see it. Um, but Fletcher, are you gonna look up or backwards? Well, yeah. So yeah, if if I could tell like in what direction it went, I would look up in that direction and be like, did anybody else just feel something go overhead over there? Yeah, well, you should uh, you should roll initiative and Ugh. go on to roll 20, and I'm going to move you guys to where approximately where you are. Um, because, yeah, you just, uh, something tried to grab you, and it's rather frightening. Um, oh, no. If only we, we another... could have actually just bought stuff from the tree. I... Did we find another predatory oh, plant? No. Oh, yes. <laughs> Cindy just saw it. It's a mantid. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> it is a giant mantid, so you're welcome oh. for that. <laughs> okay. I would much rather just be diagnosing plant uh... diseases. <laughs> always, you know what? I have always wanted to fight a mantis. Where is your sense of adventure, Fletcher? <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> hey, if you if you want mystery and adventure, you need to get into plant health diagnosis because most of the time you're like, what the hell is going on? And that's what I do every day. Honestly, that's it. pretty much uh, where I'm constantly at. Um, as well. I feel like we need to make you a shirt that says, I'd rather be diagnosing plant diseases. <laughs> I'd buy it. Merch. 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 Oh, we could have like the glow in the dark root. Yeah, yeah. Glow in the dark mushroom. All right. Um, did anybody get an initiative greater than twenty? Oh, I forgot to roll. I was still thinking about how the tree should have just sold to something. Spent <laughs> <laughs> uh, so I long. Got... I how to play this game. <laughs> I got an eighteen. Oh, wait, well, hold on, because we'll do it in order so that Sorry. I. Sorry. No, it's all right. Uh, it's just so I keep numbers in my head on my piece of paper. All right, anybody greater than a 20? No? Okay, uh, 15 to 20. Wait. Oh, no, never mind. Okay, 15 to 20. Uh, I got an 18. 18, right, okay. 18. Lucanus. Um, okay, uh, 10 to 15? I got a 14. 14. 5 to 10? I got a 7. I did. Hey. I got a 6. <laughs> wow, everybody. <laughs> we got a 5, 6, and 7. We are all at the bottom of the order. <laughs> we we were very invested in... Uh, I, yeah, you were like hardcore investigating the tree. Actually, yeah. That, yeah, that, very, that very distracted. Yep, very distracted. That's fine. Uh, here we are. <laughs> no, it's not fine. We're about to get murderized by well, a I mean, you're lucky because like if the mantid had hit, then like Fletcher would have already been in its mouth before initiative started so you're, oh, no. you're welcome i'd probably be dead yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah. fletcher with this negative hp oh, wait, did, we, did we we spent a night so we should have gotten an you, additional bit of health back yes you've spent yeah. two nights since oh, the yes. last time we played which means that you should have that means you would have gotten two yeah two nights so that's two points uh, well, it's one point per night per level. So two points per night. So four total. Two points per night. Four yeah. total hit points. And all of your ability uh, stuff that you lost from the spiders should yeah. be back as well. So you're no longer poisoned. I just wanted to update poisoned. my HP. <laughs> yep. No longer poisoned. Have four yeah. more hit points. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm good on everything. Nice. So. Um, and Lucanus, that means you are first. So yeah, you hear Fletcher kind of go, ah, and duck as you hear this whoosh of the big, um, raptorial forelegs of the mantid go screeching over his head and narrowly missing him. What right. would you like to do? I'm going to scream, whoa, go into rage and swing my well, great you to, sword. You have to run over there first, but yeah. Oh yeah, I'm gonna. <laughs> I swing Sorry. the great sword all the way over here. <laughs> I mean, yeah. So I am going to let's see. Each one of these is five, right? Correct. Can, can I can move use that? the little measurey thing? Oh yeah, you have plenty of. Yeah, you yeah, have yeah, your get you over there easily, you have, Joe. You have like forty feet of movement, right? Yeah. yeah. All right. Well, I am going to. All right. Well, I'm gonna. Run over here, and then, um, okay, it's been a while since I've done the combat, so, Sorry. uh, I got, so, I got, I rolled a nine, and then attack <laughs> bonus is, uh, let's see, uh, base attack bonus is two, mm -hmm. so that would be, what, eleven? 
Yep. Plus Total. your uh, new, your increased, your strength modifier while you're raging is a four, right? Yep. And that's uh, your sword is a two-handed weapon. Yep. So okay. that's so that's four. So well, it's four plus uh, another half because it's two-handed. So that's six. So that's so. What was your original roll? Nine. Nine plus eight is seventeen. Uh, that does indeed hit it. It's armor class. Roll some damage. All right. Uh, I got a six. You got a six. Okay. So Lucanus comes running up next to Fletcher, swings his sword, and takes a... Oh, Oh, I can't. I can't. Oh, there's a plant there. Never mind. What? (laughs) Oh, I was going to try to flank it with, uh, um... Oh, yeah, you can you can but... be there. Um, yeah, you can be there. Uh, the plants are just, um, it's harder to move through them, so you have to spend twice as much movement to move through them. But yeah, you can be Oh, there. okay. Well, yeah. I have more than enough to spare because <laughs> totally. I got 40 feet, so yep. yeah. Yep. Uh, but yeah, the, the plants, you can move through them. Um, it's just, yeah, it's difficult terrain. Um, okay, so that was Lucanus. Um, now we've got the Manted. So many juicy choices. Hmm. Well, hold on. How much damage did I do to it? Well, you said you did six damage to it. That that would be oh, how much okay. damage you did to it. Yeah. <laughs> um. Yeah. So who should it choose? Um... Hey Fletcher. He's particularly juicy. The spiders will tell you. We we need to get Fletcher a focus sash. A focus sash. <laughs> from pokemon never mind okay um so lucanus <laughs> because you just swung at it and now it's looking at you because you know movement and stuff yeah um, so it is gonna stats 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 uh does a 15 wait yeah does a 15 hit your armor class uh let's see so AC is fifteen, and then three armor bonus. So I no no no. Don't... The, if the AC total is what I'm asking for. So is that that's a oh. fifteen? Yeah, fifteen. Yeah. Yep. Okay. Then if it hits, if it meets, it hits. Uh, so it so is... can I use uncanny dodge? Yes, that gives you. Uh, that means you take less damage, right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So it will claw at you. Um. So it will claw at you. Whoa, that was cocked on my uh, sticky notes. Let's see. Uh, that is six damage to you. Um, so you can uncanny dodge that. Um, and then it is going to. Um, so, Lucanus, you need to roll me a grapple check because this is an opposed check. All right. So, uh, 17. 17 total? Uh huh on your grapple okay um so it it claws at you and the claws rake across you and it enfolds you in those large forearms and pulls you up to its face um because it won the grapple so you are now being held by this very 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 large mantid you can see i know the viewers can't see um but it is a large creature so it's taking up a 10 foot space so it's quite a bit bigger than our heroes um and it is going to make a bite attack. Okay. <laughs> so. Okay. <laughs> so how much is the uh, uncanny dodge? Um, how much does it reduce the damage by? It cuts it in half, doesn't it? Uh, Am I making that up? Um, it says it retains your you retain your dexterity bonus to AC even if you're caught flat-footed. Um, 
So Uncanny Dodge doesn't actually do anything to your uh, the hit points, the damage you take. That oh, okay. so Uncanny Dodge in fifth edition does something to the hit points. In um, three five, it does something to your AC. Gotcha. Okay, I yeah. got those confused. I've been trying to do some reading. No, that's totally fine. Um, and then the bites. Whoops. Yep. Uh, that's gonna be a thirteen. So that misses. So it tries to bite down, but its mandibles kind of like like latch onto your leather armor, but it didn't quite bite down quite hard enough, so it does not make it through your armor. Yeah. Um, so that is leather the daddy thing. armor saves the day. It does. However, <laughs> the mantid is still hugging you. So. Aww. <laughs> so still not great. Um, and now it's Cedric's turn. Can't hear you. <laughs> Sorry. Okay. Muted myself because my cat was being loud. Cedric is going <laughs> to uh, sure, run up. <laughs> yeah, and dash around the tree. He's kind of on the complete opposite side of the tree from mm-hmm. the mantid. Uh, so he can hear Lucanus, you know, hollering and and. Um, <laughs> She's got me. <laughs> She's gonna run this isn't up. the kind of hug that I like. Uh, and can just barely this get feels predatory to here. Nice. Uh, and uh, will um, so uh, sees Lucanus being uh, grappled in the you know kind of giant stabby arms. And the mantis trying to take bites out of him. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so Cedric is going to reach out and grab Lucanus and cast Shield of Faith on Lucanus. Mm-hmm. And a uh, so there you see, like, a, there's almost like a, a flash paper <laughs> kind of like spark um, as one of the uh, like pamphlets that Cedric has been trying <laughs> to hand out to people back in town just like burst into flame. <laughs> and uh, a all of a sudden there's a, uh, a there's kind of a shimmering magical. Um, or uh, all around Lucanus, um, just like s- close to his skin. There's kind of this, um, like almost like water flowing over his skin. So I'm like vacuum sealed. Yeah. So you get a plus two to your AC. Nice. Cool. Um, but oh. also you just cast a spell in melee range with an opponent, which means it oh. gets an attack of opportunity on you. Excellent. Bring it on, Mantis. Uh, <laughs> does a 13 hit you? No! No! Okay. Dodge! So Cedric just like casts the spell and then like quick whips up his shield. You have a shield, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, whips yeah. up his shield in time to keep the mantid from getting to him. Um, very nice. Uh, Fletcher. Um, so I'm, so I'm in melee range with it. Absolutely. So what do I do? Awesome. Is there... Is it, does it take your whole turn to disengage in order to move out of range, or what is it? So basically, um, disengage it would be like your you know your action for this turn, but you could still move your thirty feet, or you can take a five foot step, and that does not provoke an attack of opportunity. But also, it just used its attack of opportunity. So. Oh yeah. Yeah. Um, I think I would probably. <laughs> Probably still do a five foot step away from it <laughs> at the very least. Um, get my movement. Um, and then probably turn to where, turn towards Lucanus. And then I cast Grease on Lucanus. Ooh. <laughs> I love how creative you're being with that particular spell. That's really fun. Yeah, that's, that's really, yeah. <laughs> Um, so that has a rule for if you're casting it on an object that you want a creature to drop, right? 
Yes. How does so that if work? we count him as a an object, <laughs> it's not like an I'm opponent. A, right. So I'm objectifying like, Lucanus all the I time. I am okay being objectified <laughs> in this way. Because then it says he would always be affected. Um, he would be. He's now subject to a reflex check. So the mantis has to successfully perform a reflex check every turn, or else he drops Lucanus. Um, so items dropped on the fail, uh, saving throw each round to try to pick up the item again. Mm-hmm. Um, and because the armor, Candace's <laughs> armor would now be greased as well, he gets plus 10 to additional grapple checks against it. Wow. <laughs> wow. Okay. Very nice. Um, Very wow. nice. And the, and the grease is like the area it covers is enough to cover a full-size person, right? Because Lucanus is a full-size person. He is a medium yeah, creature. It's, 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 a, it's a full 10-foot square or oh. one object. Yes. So it can complete, it can... Perfect. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. Okay. And you said it's a, is it the reflex check on the creature's turn or on on when you cast it? Um, It would be on the mantid's turn because it's his reflex check to right. try to keep hold. So it'll be on the mantid's next turn. Okay. Um. Yeah, then we will do that then. Um. Okay, so that's Fletcher. Okay. This thing. All right. Um, it was camouflage, it and now did, it's not. <laughs> yeah, so it already did its attack of opportunity, it right? Did. So that means I can move away. You can. Okay. Um, oops, I'm in Is this like in the bush, or is that fine? That's fine. Am I like next to the tree? All right. Yeah. <laughs> uh, gotcha. I guess I'm going to pew pew my crossbow yeah. at it. Do it. Yeah, but it's it's going into melee range, so like it gets a, a minus e minus on it, right? Yes, yeah. So you get a minus two, minus four. Two, yeah. Yeah, I think okay. it's a minus two. Yeah. Okay. And I first roll the AC, correct? Uh, yeah. yeah. First, okay. you I rolled, rolled it. Ahead. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I forgot what things are. <laughs> Um, ah, there it is. Um, I got a 19. You got a 19. That hits. Roll some Yay. damage. Roll some damage. And oh. I'm using the... Um, let me look this up real quick, because I think maybe while it's in a grapple, it might be flat-footed, which means that you would get your sneak attack, maybe, maybe. Yeah. Yep. Okay. It is. I've never used the sneak attack, so I don't know how to use it. I think you've used it once. Um, but basically, <laughs> what that means is like you hit, obviously, and then you are a level two rogue, which means, whoops, alphabetical order is good. Um, yeah, you have a extra one d six on top of your regular weapon one damage. So basically, okay. sneak oh. attack means that like you're extra good at. Um, seeing vulnerable places on opponents and sort of making okay. surgical hits. Okay, cool. So I roll my normal d6 plus the modifier and then add another d6 on top of it. Right. Okay. Yeah. I can do this, probably. <laughs> probably. Good thing I get two of them because the first one was one. <laughs> oh, and the second one? Uh, a two. A two. Right. I get a modifier of plus three. On your crossbow? On the or, short bow? On your short bow? Oh. I don't think you have a, you don't have a plus anything to damage. Oh, okay. Because it's a... No, never mind. Bow. I get yeah. a total of three. A total of three. All right. So 
yeah, Lucanus, uh, you're being held by this thing. Your friends are all attacking it. And this uh, arrow comes whizzing in and sort of hits it right in the in the wing area for three damage. Um, okay. Uh, and then we've got Natya. Alrighty. First, I'm going to go ahead and fly. Just pop up and go. Mm-mm-mm. You said those are five each. So squares, right? Yep, squares are five each. And if you're flying, you don't have to worry about the plants. Just keep it simple. Awesome. I think I'm actually... Mm. Well, if you go through the yeah, big black tree, you'll, you'd have to worry about it. But yeah, going around well, is fine. It would be it would be around. <clears throat> yeah. I think I kind of... So that was like... That's fine. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, let's see. I haven't tried this one before. Um, but... I should be able to uh, hurl an acidic blob that functions like Melf's acid arrow, um, which means magical arrow of acid springs from your hand and speeds to its target. You must succeed on a ranged touch attack to hit your target. The arrow deals 2d4 points of acid damage with no splash damage. Oh, uh, and then there's more stuff with higher levels, which I don't have. Right. Um, <clears throat> range. Uh, so a ranged attack is your uh, a d20 plus your base attack plus your dexterity. Don't forget, because you are shooting into melee, you get a minus two. So that you don't hit your friend hey, Lucanus so... or anybody else who's in melee. <laughs> oh, also Cedric. Okay, so remind me again, that's... That's gonna D20 need the D20 plus... plus your base attack bonus plus your dexterity modifier and all of that in minus two. All right. Where's the base attack? Oh. I always like it when people talk about this particular spell because yeah. like even though it's MILFs with an E, it always sounds like MILFs with an I, which is just very yeah, amusing right? to me. <laughs> all right. Well, it's amusing to everybody. It's okay. Attack bonus plus dex. Base attack bonus plus dex. Okay. That's plus three minus two, so only plus one. All right. Oh, no. Oh, no. That's four. <laughs> so it wasn't one. <laughs> okay. Uh. <clears throat> so no, you... wait. What would, I, what would I say? No, it's, it's plus one, right? It was a, it was yeah, a plus one total. Right? My base attack bonus is plus three. Yeah. So it was three plus one, so four. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Um... Yeah, so you let loose this blob of acid, um, and it kind of splorps on the ground in front of the mantid. Um, <laughs> yeah. Probably even just shoots off. <laughs> I was startled. That's nope, not so great. Um, that's all right. So that's Nadia's turn. So we are back to the top with Lucanus. Lucanus, you are currently grappled with, uh, grappled by the mantid, or you are in a grapple with the mantid. Um, so you would have to try to break the grapple in order to do something besides hang there in midair. So would I be able to use a one-handed <clears throat> weapon? Uh, no, because you're like no. Yeah, think of it like okay. Greco-Roman wrestling, where like your hands and are occupied otherwise. Yeah. Yeah, but now I'm now I'm all greased up, and I hope I'm greased up in like a sexy way, yeah, and what, not you're, like you're greased up and shrink wrapped, and also being hugged by a bug. <laughs> yeah, it's an exciting day I for am, you. <laughs> I am. Going on. Yeah, I am having a day. So uh, my attempt to break grapple results in a thirteen. Uh, Do I have any sorry. applicable bonuses? Um, bon- your grapple check bonus should be there. My grapple check bonus. Sarah, thank you for appreciating the word splorp. <laughs> I like a good onomatopoeia. Mm-hmm. Um, I also appreciated it. Yeah, thank you. Sarah and I are of one mind. <laughs> Let's see, praise. 
I'm gonna bet you're not gonna beat its grapple, but you can try. Uh, With those I raptorial don't... forelegs and all? I mean, the raptorial forelegs give the mantis a plus 11 to grapple. Holy oh. crap. So, <laughs> well, I mean, okay. It's biologically accurate. <laughs> I mean, yeah. Yeah, I, that's uh, fair. I have Very a fair. plus four, so that would be a 17. Okay, yeah, you do not break free. Sorry. Aww. It's a fun monster. <laughs> I like this monster. Isn't this when, shouldn't he get his plus 10 oh, to grapple check? Oh, yeah. Freeze? You're right. Oh. So, yeah, I, just, <laughs> uh, I got a 27. You got a 27. It rolled a 17, and it has a plus 11. Sorry. <sighs> Oh, what? That's real oh. rough. I'm so sorry. Uh. That was a good remember, though, Fletcher. <laughs> sorry. <laughs> oh, man. Uh. Uh, however, uh, that was your turn, and now it's the Mantid's turn, and it has to do the check, the reflex, reflex check to see if it will hold on to the, um, hold on to the object, which is you. Um, so here we go. Uh, reflex. This is so weird. It doesn't actually have a reflex bonus. Um, yeah, that's a six. Nope. So after all of your struggling, it, like, recatches you for a moment, and then you you drop out of its arms anyway. Oh, cool. Yep. Thanks, so that Fletcher. Was, so that was the reflex save at the beginning of its turn, but now it can also do an attack. So it is going to claw at... Who else is over here? Um, Cedric, you made a bright light, so it's going to claw at you now for funsies. Fair enough. <clears throat> <laughs> uh yeah no that's not gonna hit okay so it like it's starting to be surrounded and it's getting a little frenetic um and it does not claw you um and that makes it your turn cool well in response i am gonna claw it um, <laughs> what <laughs> with my hammer it's a claw peen uh, hammer. Um, yeah Ooh. i mean Ooh. never mind doing the whole mantis trip <laughs> yeah unless a 13 hits <clears throat> Uh, that does not hit. Then I I swing at it with my warhammer and I I just kind of whiff. Okay, just kind of whiff. Uh... Yeah, I slipped in this like big slorpy puddle next to me. <laughs> 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 my boots started to dissolve. Oh no! <laughs> <laughs> uh, Fletcher, that makes it your turn. If Cedric's okay. boots dissolve, he'll be even shorter. <laughs> oh, does Cedric wear platforms? <laughs> well, no, I, I never. I, I can neither <laughs> confirm nor deny that. I <laughs> uh, take another sort of step back now that Lucanus is out of its arms mm -hmm. uh, to uh, cast a ray of frost. Ooh, nice. Ice type. Ice type. Is the ice type good against bug type? I don't remember. No, it's not. Oh. Unless no. it's also flying. <laughs> Which... I mean, it's a mantis, so... I mean, I don't know if this is grass, so... Yeah, what's Scyther? <laughs> oh, yeah, uh, it's, it's a... Scyther a... a what? Is it's it... just bug. It's just bug? Okay. Yeah. It's bug flying. Yeah, see? <laughs> I think of all combat in terms oh, of Pokemon. Oh, uh, well, it's a 21. A 21 to hit. Yeah, wow. Do some damage. It's not going to be a lot of damage, but... Mm. Yeah, it's fairly easy to hit, because it is just a bug, and it is rather large. Why are you going to put me on black blast like that? What? <laughs> it's fairly <laughs> easy <Sorry>. to hit. <laughs> yeah. Pretty easy to hit, unless you're Cedric, of course. Yeah. <laughs> he was too busy explaining something to the whole Probably. group. Probably. Um... <laughs> 
Three cold damage. Frosty bug. Bug on ice. Okay. Neat. Um, Perfect pinning conditions. Perfect what? Pinning conditions. Yes. Definitely. Pinning conditions. As long as it's not like brittle. Yeah. My freezer is full of dead bugs. Um, my husband is such a good sport. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) yeah, yeah. Everybody in the call was like, yeah, yeah. And Cindy was like, what? (laughs) That's fair. No, no, that's fair. (laughs) I have little, like, uh, like when you use up a a bottle of spices in your spice cabinet, I have a a line of those bottles on the shelf above my sink in my kitchen. And anytime I see a cool bug out my back door, I grab a spice bottle and put it in. Nice. Put it in the freezer. Yep. Um, yeah. <laughs> uh, that makes it Kay's turn. Oh, boy. Well, I guess I'm going to pew-pew it again. Yeah, do it. Pew-pew. Pew-pew. Uh, A ten. A ten. Nope. This arrow goes flying past, flying past who? Flying past Cedric? Yeah. Pew. You aimed, like, on the wrong side of Cedric. That implies I aimed. Oh, well, you know. Um, <laughs> mm. And then we've got Nadia. All right. I'm just going to zoom right in there. Get in the mix. Nice. And uh, take two claw attacks. Yeah, do it. Sarah Ooh, says she has dead reptiles in her freezer. Yeah. Sarah, Sarah lassos lizards for her research, so it makes sense. <laughs> yeah. Nice. I think I've got a raccoon. Oh, are you kidding me? Oh, no. Oh, we should create a list of weird things that biologists have in their freezers. I believe that was a conversation on one of our breakout talks on here. Did you say two twos? Yeah. I'm so sorry. Oh. So Nadia no, comes flying up. Yeah. No, you, you come flying up and you reach out with your claws, but you just kind of like misjudge how far away you are from it. Because you're yeah. trying to stay out of the reach of those giant claws that it has. Because, of course, you know, like how a man yeah. it like folds its legs back and then they like stick out improbably far. Yeah. yeah. Bummer. I don't, I, I, she doesn't normally fight things. She normally just gets out. Exactly. Yeah. That's, yeah, that's, <laughs> that's a totally fair strategy. <laughs> <laughs> At least when you're by yourself. Um, yeah. yeah. Lucanus, that brings it back to you at the top of the third round. Okay, I am no longer in grapple, yeah? <laughs> Correct. I'd like to start a game off with a good combat. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, I rolled a uh, 15 plus all of the various 15 bonuses. 15 plus 8, yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, that'll hit with your sword. Roll me some damage. <clears throat> all right. I got a seven. You got a seven. Yeah, you take a really big chunk out of this, out of it this time. Like you all have been sort of whittling it down a little bit, but that was like that was a big cut. Yeah. Now is this is this uh, uh, enough to like damage its mobility? Um, that's that would be like a called shot, which is harder to do. Like if you wanted to say that you like cut a leg off or something. Like that's something you would have to say before you rolled because it's harder to do. Um, also, oh no, I'm just I'm just curious. Oh yeah, no. Um, that's hit points in D and D are very complicated to sort of like proxy into the real world. So yeah, we don't we don't uh, change the creature's mobility until it's unconscious, unfortunately, um, unless you did a okay. called shot. But you'd have to cut off multiple legs of this six legged creature in order yeah, to affect its mobility. It's... So. You know, the one thing that uh, uh, Starship Troopers actually got right about insect biology, or one of the things that I think is a fun fact, is that, yeah, you can really damage a bug, and they will maintain their combat effectiveness. 
Mm-hmm. Yes. They are good at that. They are. Uh, yes, Qui-Gon Bowers has confirmed for us that we already talked about the weirdest things in lab freezers because they went back and listened to all of our episodes. Thanks for doing that. We're glad yeah. you're here. Yeah. Um, also... if, you could, if you could take notes and send them to me, know, that'd be right? really helpful. <laughs> um, Qui-Gon Bowers also said hi, Cindy, earlier because they they found us by watching Star Trek and you guys. So. Yeah. Oh. Cool. Say. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um... Okay, yeah, so Lucanus does quite a bit of damage to the Mantis. It is very unhappy about that. Um, so it is going to go... Let's see here. Who all is here? Gracious. Whole um, party. Yeah, there's a whole bunch of people around it. Um, let's For now. see. Uh, one, two, three. Okay. Um, it is going to claw out at Nadia this time. That was me rolling a d6 to choose. Um, that is an 18 against, yep. yeah, okay. So that's and 16. The claw, yeah. oh, bummer. That's the claw. The claw. Whoops. It's off the, the, claw. the claw. The uh, claw. That is nine points of claw damage. Nine? Um, and I need Ouch. you to make a Ooh, like that. grapple roll. No, that's not it. That was not good. It's claw damage is 1d8 plus 4. Not nice. Yeah. Man, I yeah, don't even... No. Honestly, I don't roll? even like that claw damage. I know, right? What was that, Nadia? You say I'm making a grapple roll? Yep, to try to avoid its... Uh, to try to avoid its hug. It's hug. Do a barrel roll! All right. And that's just d20 plus that grapple modifier, uh, right? Yeah. Yep. 11. Nope. Okay, so you are now hugged. And it is going to bigot to you... Unfortunately, mantids are really good huggers. Wow, that was a really good die. Hey, thanks, this diehard dice for this metal die. It rolls really high. Um, (laughs) (laughs) That's a 24 to hit. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Um, And then the bite. Yeah, I know. Sorry. Uh, (laughs) It's going to bite you. For five damage. Okay. (laughs) Okay. Oh no. Nadia, you haven't been touched in a bunch of the fights we've done so far, so I don't think I've taken damage at all until now. So that's why I wasn't gonna say anything. About time. About time. <laughs> Fletcher's over there like so yeah, basically yeah. this yeah. is fair. <laughs> yeah. I'm okay, but I'm not great. <laughs> yeah. Um alright. Uh Cedric, now it's your turn. Also, Qui-Gon Bowers likes your cat. Oh yeah, she's she's yeah. all right. Everyone everyone <laughs> loves Peter's cat. Yeah, Peter's oh cat is a good yeah. cat. Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> she's our second most consistent uh, special guest. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. It's true. Yeah, she's checking out the traffic on the road outside. Mm. Um, so I'm gonna uh, Cedric's gonna attack again with his warhammer. Okay, do that. Oh god. Oh man. Wow. That yeah. didn't sound like a good roll. It was a four. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, four plus two. So, uh, yeah, he, he's um, like mid swing sees Nadia get snagged, and so he's just like, "Oh wait!" Uh, and oh, no. it throws throws his rhythm off. Oh man! Not that he had established a rhythm yet, but bummer. That's what I'm going with. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> no, that's fair. Um, Fletcher. Oh, oh god. Okay. Oh god. <laughs> um, 
guess I'll try. I'll try an acid splash. Hmm. Um, to it. Trying to fry this bug. Is that a you roll or a me Anta save? Ante Um, that is just me. Okay. Um, uh, range touch attack. Cool. Mm. Nope, it's only a twelve. That hits touch. Yeah. Yeah, it's a range touch. Yeah, its touch is not oh. very good. Oh, okay. Like I said, it's very cool. big. <laughs> That'd be three acid damage. Three acid damage. Right into that bug. Very nice, very nice. Um, That is Kay's turn, then. Oh, uh, it It is hugging Nadia, or did she dodge? It is hugging Nadia. Okay. She's so in its mouth right would... now. <laughs> So that means I shoot at it, I get a minus two. Right. right. Yeah. Well, and also uh, Lucianus is centered around it. Yeah. Yes. That. Well. <laughs> well, that would be a zero. So. What? What did you roll? A two, and if it's minus two to hit it, then it would be a zero. Well, no, it's like, so it's, it's what you rolled, plus all of your normal modifiers, and then minus two. Okay, so then plus the normal, so it's two plus four minus two, which is four. Oh, okay, yeah. I was just really confused how you could get a zero. I was like, you have more things than that, but okay, yeah. So another arrow goes whizzing past Cedric. Um, I'm trying to distract it. Mm-hmm, totally. Is it working? distracting me. Not yet. <laughs> Why I can't hit it. <laughs> all these freaking arrows flying by my head. You look up at your hammer, and it, does it have a wooden haft or, like, mm-hmm. a handle? Yeah, so there's an arrow, like, stuck in the wooden handle, <laughs> like, above your grip. Like. As long as it's above the grip. There's, yeah, yeah, like, yeah. there's, like, so, like, <laughs> we've never talked about this before, mm-hmm. but the the, uh, the wrappings, oh, like, God. the grip wrappings on Cedric's Warhammer are, uh, they're special. So, yeah. um, <laughs> don't, da- don't shoot any lower than that. <laughs> also, because she might hit your hands. Uh, um, yeah. <laughs> I can grow new ones of those. <laughs> what? Growing I mean, hands would not. It gr- is technically possible with a very high level spell. <laughs> but anyway. Um, okay. <laughs> it's not a spell any of you will have for a very long time, so you'd have to pay somebody else to cast yeah, it. Even in 5th edition, that takes a while. Totally. <laughs> um. Well, that makes it Nadia's turn. Nadia, would you like to try to break out of this grapple? Uh, yeah. Is that just another grapple roll? Yep. All right. God, I don't trust my dice today. Uh, 11. Oh, man, it rolled a 2, but plus 11 is 13. <laughs> Sorry. Oh. <laughs> um, so you stay grappled. <laughs> no. <laughs> you need a very large dice jail. Sorry about that. Um, that's what, <laughs> Sorry about that. That's what this thing is good at. That, that is what this monster is good at. <laughs> All right, Lucanus, you I... gotta kill it before it gets to go. Or oh, sorry. <laughs> yeah, no, it is Lucanus's turn. Um, wow. Uh, and that, so the magic, the magical grease is gone because it's one round per level. So that it's that's gone. You are no longer okay. grease. <laughs> Is the awesome. shield of faith that you cast still active? What is yeah, it lasts for a minute. Okay. So yeah, so okay. Lucana still has a plus two. Cool. All right, I uh, uh, I rolled a nine. Total? Uh, no, nine plus eight. Nine plus eight is seventeen. That hits. All right. Roll some damage. Uh, yeah. five. Yeah, 
So you do like a big like undercut swing right into its abdomen and you just see all of this hemolymph come like rushing out from the gash and it like, it kind of like does like the mantid like head twist and just like falls forward and it's dead. Yeah. I'm gonna try and cool. catch. I'm gonna try and catch Nadia Aww, as it drops that's so her. Aww. Aww. Uh, give me a reflex save to try to catch Nadia. <laughs> okay. I mean, I've been rolling real bad, so it'll pro I'll probably just punch you in the face. It's a fifteen. Yeah, you you catch her. Okay. Okay. Oh. Sort of pulls her free before she's yeah. squished by it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, and I'm gonna lower her to the ground, and as I do, um, I uh. Oh. You're like you could smell the like heated hemolymph kind of boiling off of her as I uh, as I use my like kind of searing heat. I was to about cast, to um, say how sweet that scene wounds. was until I remembered that your healing hurts. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's like all your wounds are being cauterized, but they're actually healing. Um, Which is and... probably weird for a water method. Yeah. yeah, it's probably super unpleasant. There's yeah. like a weird cloud of steam forming around the two of you. Yeah. <laughs> um, love it, love it. That was amazing. So that's for ten. Oh, good. Uh, nice. Yeah. Awesome. Well, that's a that thing that happened. Lot. Yeah. <laughs> can we loot the bug? Is there anything I can get off of? The body of the of the insect to take back. <laughs> I mean, it's not wearing a backpack or anything. Um, was there... <laughs> <laughs> no? I mean, like like a tibia, like like one of the tibial claws. Sure. Yeah. If you want to try to um, extract some useful bits from the mantis, give me a nature check. Hey. -oh. Can I uh, uh, can I like hand Fletcher my dagger temporarily to help him with that? Uh, yeah, if he doesn't have one of his own, you can certainly hand that over. I do not. Is that, okay. Does that, like, count as, like, an assist or something with the check? Um, no, uh, I mean, it's, <laughs> he's giving you a tool, because otherwise it would be, I mean, yeah, it'll change the DC, but, yeah. 17. 17. Yeah, you, um, you can get, like, two of the claws. Yeah. Not, not the big front ones, but, like, the, yeah, the, the smaller uh bits yeah you can, can we uh, uh no i wasn't going i no i was going for the for the oh you did want the claws not the tarsal claws oh 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 yeah yeah yeah. that's fine yeah you can okay. uh yeah you can get even just one i mean i probably only want sure. one to take back and <clears throat> i look mean they at, are rather honestly. large but yeah you can you yeah. can grab one of those and add that to your inventory be fun to hit somebody with one of those <laughs> Does that count as an imp improvised weapon? Super grabby. You could get Achoo! it made into a real weapon. Like a, I really like Stardew Valley, and one of the swords you can get in that game is a sword that's like made out of the mandibles of a bug. It's real great. Yeah. Um, oh wow. In, in our D and D game in grad school, I played a tiefling ranger, and I did create. I did use a giant mantis, uh, a tibial claw as a sword amazing i love yeah. it wow <laughs> amazing. so wait wait you could actually make like weapon how would you do that you would need a very skilled blacksmith to assist you what would the stats on this weapon be we'd have to figure it out oh <laughs> let you take both of the claws or just one no, I just took one because I, I I'm not going to use it for like weaponry. Right. Also, I it's basically very study it and look at it. Like, yeah. so Lucanus, if you're interested, <laughs> you're just... 
I don't remember. Lucanus was carrying a lot of stuff last time I checked. You got to make sure you're not getting over encumbered. Yeah, that's what I'm. That's what I'm thinking. So you have nah, many, not, many petty things. I'm not gonna get a claw, but I am gonna just search it just for the hell of it. As you do, Cedric's gonna stand up and be like, "I bet there's some good eating on that thing." I got a one. <laughs> On the search check. Is so, a dead uh, bug. You slip in some of the hemolymph on the ground and fall on your ass. <laughs> <laughs> that is how we do. <laughs> that is how we do. Nadia, how you feeling? Not great. Oh, come on there, buddy. You can I'm do hurt. it. Uh sorry, I'm kinda I mean I could I could maybe do a little bit more. Do you want some do you want there... some is you there do. any water nearby? Do I see any water? Like a stream? Um, there do isn't a here stream water? incredibly close, no. Okay. Uh, I've got a water skin? Do you want me to just pour There's some on you? No, There's I, the blood of I our can... enemy. That's kind of like water. No, if I'm, if I'm in water or rain, I can heal faster. Ooh. We'll find another stream. Yeah, yeah. another clean one. Yeah, we'll we'll totally we'll get a stream real quick. And also, has it been raining regularly? This is the we haven't. Is it, is it like a puddle? I mean, yeah, it's like it's a it's a rainforest, so it's been kind of like misting or raining. Um, yeah. And in fact, like if you look up in the the spots where you can see the sky, it looks cloudy. Like, um, it looks like it might be threatening rain this evening. Um, actually, speaking of looking around at stuff, um, could you all give me another perception check? Oh god, there's another one. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, That's where we are at our, at, at our with our trust relationship, huh? Well, that that was a one. So <laughs> I got uh, a fifteen. I'm just real focused Three. on Nadia. Totally, totally. I got a nineteen. All right. Thirteen. Thirteen. Twenty-three. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Um. So Nadia, you're very invested in this because you're still like thinking about <clears> this. Um. Like trying to figure out the river problem. Um, but everybody except Cedric notices it because you're all looking up and looking around. The uh, the trees in front of you and just like the environment around you, like it looks like the vegetation is sort of getting a little thinner. Like it feels like the rainforest might be petering out and you're sort of coming to um, the edge of it where it starts to transition into another biome. And... I think this feels like a good place for us to take a break because we are at a transition. Um, when we come back, maybe we can talk about transition zones between biomes for a fun breakout session. That could be cool. Right. Sure. Um, yeah. So yeah, let's. We'll take a quick break. Thank you so much to Sarah Warioshi, uh, Qui Gon Bowers for hanging out in the chat. Um, thank you to the other people who are watching but not chatting. Um, again, feel free to ask questions of the cast as themselves or as their characters, if you'd like. Um, and we're going to go on a quick bio break, grab a snack and whatever, um, and we'll be back in a few minutes, so you can do the same. Uh, see you soon. Yeah. Well, hey, everybody, we're back. Hope you got some refreshment. We got some refreshment. Um, I need to change the name things because people move. Do we move? No, only yeah, two people yeah. moved. It was just, it looks uh, like people just moved. Cindy and Nancy. It's fine. Don't worry about it. I'm I sorry. I'm the problem child. It's fine. It's fine. It's all fine. We'll just take it out of your hit points later. What? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> we're back. Hello. We missed you. Um, yeah, we are going to talk about 
There's the bell. Brought back the bell. Uh, we're going to talk about ecotones, as Sarah pointed out in the chat. An ecotone being the transition zone between two different biomes or ecosystems or habitats or however you'd like to describe that. Um, yes, yeah, so it is an ecology term. So maybe some of the entomologists in the group may or may not have been familiar with that. Um, but ecotones are just like really cool areas to study because in this transition zone, there's a lot of overlap in the vegetation between the two habitats or two ecosystems. And it also means that it's an area where the animals that use those two ecosystems interact. Um, so ecotones are really cool systems or spaces all on their own. So I thought, yeah, we could talk a little bit about what makes an ecotone unique or exciting, or if anybody has any good ecotone research stories. Well, yeah. I have the least relevant information, so okay. maybe maybe I could start. Sure. Um, <laughs> so, you know, you know, Peter. I don't know. I'm like a physiologist, so. <laughs> um, so uh, I just transition zones are so important. Like in so in agriculture, where our our models are always like we're going for a monoculture system, or not maybe not a monoculture system. Like my research was like looking at diversified vegetable systems but in theory we're talking about an agricultural field that should be very large you know 30 acre field we're trying to model that with very small plots so when we're doing research edge effects are super intense um uh so it's it's always something that we're trying to avoid is like hide those ecotones with like buffers of extra you know additional rows of vegetation and things like that to like try and avoid those areas because they're there's just so much weird stuff that happens there like you get you know shading from trees at field edges or you get different amounts of water you get different variable plant growth different species show up it's 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 all it's annoying it's all really that ecology funny. getting in my agriculture that's, well that's that's even that's even where like a lot of our pests show up right because mm -hmm. you have you have these plants that are growing at the edge of um at the edge of the field that are you know these alternative hosts and that's sort of where we get like invasions of uh, uh weeds and uh plant and insect pests I, so this is turning into a much more interesting conversation even right off the bat than I thought it would um, because it's really interesting to me that your perspective as agricultural focused researchers is that edge effects are like bad or inconvenient because like in ecology I guess we tend to think about edge effects when we're talking about patch size so like when habitats are fragmented or broken up across the landscape by like human infrastructure edge effects can be bad because it means that like a lot of animals don't do well on edges that they need like the more pristine unaffected habitat in the middle of a patch um so like in that way uh edge effects are bad but since i like to do a lot of research in ecosystems that are heavily human managed and interact with human spaces um we tend to talk about edge effects um, interfacing with agricultural land as being a good thing because not only are the edges where a lot of your pests come from, but they're also where a lot of your natural biocontrols come from. So yep. one of the people who just defended her PhD in my lab did a lot of cool research on how um, grassland strips um, in between um, agricultural fields or around the outside of agricultural fields can help boost bird populations and how birds can help predate insect pests. Um, so yeah, I guess I, like when I think about edge effects, it's very different than how an agriculture researcher thinks about edge effects. That's really cool. Yeah. Well, <laughs> I, and the, the reason for that, as Peter said, is, you know, so the, the systems that I study are row crops. Mm -hmm. And when you're doing row crops, um, it's, 
it is, it is pretty much a monoculture because like you know the the equipment needed to harvest beans and corn is very different you can't do it all at once so um having different uh things on the edge um can be either beneficial or problem or problematic or beneficial as as you pointed out cheryl but in general um we consider it um to be very detrimental especially here in the west because like all of our pests are tumbleweeds <laughs> so you know if you have this big stand of kosha that's growing up um around the edge of the field well come fall that's gonna you know dry up fall off tumble across the field and just lay down a swath of seeds mm. and that that actually so not only would that uh, uh lower yield that would also lower property value which you know here in mm. wyoming is that's huge hmm. like you could argue in some systems um, the uh, uh, cost of weeds to property values are higher than you know they are for yield loss. Hmm. Yeah. So, so it's... I did I did research on birds before I knew that I liked bugs, <laughs> um, <laughs> and, and we were studying the prairie warbler in the Albany pine bush mm -hmm. and so in the like scrub barren ecosystem which is generally secondary succession and characterized by fire and mm -hmm. short scrubby stuff and this basically Albany, this is a yeah Albany New York um and we were saying the prairie warbler it's a migrant and so basically it's experiencing deforestation and it's overwintering grounds in Central America and experiencing deforestation and habitat loss in breeding grounds of state New York so we were looking at um, how these edges affected this bird because the Albany pine bush preserve, like normally when you make preserves, I feel like you're like, this is a beautiful piece of ecosystem. We're going to put a fence around it. But instead the Albany pine bush was like, like the city of Albany happened. And then they're like, oh crap, that was actually an important ecosystem. And they like <laughs> ripped up city blocks and put the right <laughs> dirt and right plants back in. So it's just in like 80 to 120 hectare, literal blocks of land. And so we were trying to see like how these birds were affected by like literal like grid roads running through their habitat. Um, and basically it was really actually encouraging because it mattered exactly zero. We had one male that his territory spanned the road. So he had like, he had his nest in one side and the rest of his territory expanded on the other side of a two lane road, like a two lane busy road. And like his, all his, he had like three fledglings, they all, they all survived, they all like fledged, it was great. So it's like, it was really interesting because the negative result was actually helpful in the fact that like, convenient, it matters not, we can keep going with this. Yeah, that's really cool. And that's a great point, like, because that's a, that's a case study on like an individual species in a very specific situation, uh, which I also love that situation because it's restoration too, which is cool. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, it's really um, important to remember that like when we talk about edge effects that like some species of birds or insects or whatever respond really positively to edges and some respond really negatively to edges. Um, and so like, whether or not uh, a species survive in fragmented habitats has a lot to do with how resilient resilient they are to edge effects, which is useful. Yeah. yeah. Useful information. Yeah. Because yeah. it, it tells us like, if we're worried about a certain endangered species that doesn't do well with edges, that means that we have to have like large corridors or like large patches of habitat set aside and preserved to accommodate that species. But like, you know, 
some other much more uh, like metropolitan animal uh, that can deal with edges or can exist in disturbed landscapes doesn't necessarily need the same amount of protected habitat. Or yeah. stare at the raccoons. I love raccoons. <laughs> I uh, I have a love hate relationship with raccoons. Doesn't everyone though? I mean, I yeah. I've been very up close and personal with many raccoons, so. Like... Yeah. <laughs> Uh, we were talking before off stream because Nancy, well, you posted all of it on your Instagram that you, you had to give injections to your dog. And I was going to say, oh, yeah, I've given vaccines to raccoons before, which is <laughs> not awesome. Um, <laughs> but they needed the vaccines, so it's fine. Yeah. Um, basically, the, the wildlife rehab that I worked at for a summer, um, they give all of their raccoons uh, distemper vaccines to try to help reduce the occurrence of distemper in the wild population before they release them. Um they're not really so keen on being stabbed in the butt stabbed. with a needle, though. So, you know, there was a lot, of, so. a lot of screaming, a lot of claws. I got peed on a lot. It's fine. Um, Sounds we, like, we burned know, my dog from the front end, so yeah, yeah. that helped. <laughs> yeah. Ryan, were you going to say something? I felt like you were going to say something when we were talking about edge effects. Yeah. yeah. Um, well, at the start, I know, yeah, the ecotone thing went to, like, ed like edges and stuff. And when I first thought of it, um, I think of, like, ecotones as sort of, like, the middle of the Venn diagram where you have things from both places overlapping. It's very transitional. And I, it always makes me think of the zones of hybridization that happen in ecotones because you can have similar species or subspecies of a species from the two different environments interacting, and it can lead to new subspecies or uh new species that can specialize in what can be a you know a very different environment where you have both sets of of factors from from each ecosystem overlapping um and we think that we think about that a lot you know i think about insects and plants all the time now and like so we have like an orchid collection and there are places where you can follow the you know the species and the subspecies of orchids Oh, like through the ecotone between environments and you can see where there's the one species and the other species and then the degrees to which they hybridize going through the ecotone oh, that's so that's wild. i always yeah. i always think of hybridization when i think of ecotones and move and moving between environments like that yeah that's, that's a great really cool oh yeah and there's there's that. some there's some crazy genetics that happens so like <laughs> on ask an entomologist our next post is going to be exploring like and I swear to God, there's an insect connection here. I'm going <laughs> to leave it. I'm just going to leave that part of it secret. But, you know, I'm, I'm sort of exploring how, like, dandelions made it to America. Mm. And, you know, so all of the dandelions in America, um, they are triploid asexual. And um, in their native home range, there are um, diploids, uh, triploids, and tetraploids. So two, three, and four copies of each chromosome mm -hmm. um, living pretty much side by side, although um, there is a, a, a gradient. So the um, there's sort of the separation between the diploids, triploids, and tetraploids. Um, and I don't remember what it's based on. I'd have to look it up. But more or less, what happens is the uh, uh, diploids, you, so when a diploid mates with a tetraploid, it more often than not produces triploid offspring so that's where our sterile dandelions come from we just you know just by a roll of the dice we happen to get like one of the uh, uh triploid populations that establish and now like all dandelions in america are asexual 
but um the uh, dip- so weird <laughs> yeah so no, wait, no, no wait wait how do so wait <laughs> if dandelions are asexual the american dandelions are asexual like they they do they just reproduce like so when they flower do they just self is that what's yeah. happening no they don't even they don't even self so essentially um they and i i would have to go back and i don't remember the exact mechanism but they just clone themselves and the flowers are basically superfluous like they still produce pollen they still produce nectar but they use none of that and the reason why they do it is because you know they are essentially just a uh, a newly created species from plants that are insect pollinated so anyways native to uh europe because we have them in ecuador too yep yep (laughs) they are they are just all sorts of invasive so anyways um those Europeans get... track stuff all over the place. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, sure we did. really did. Um, so, anyways, to get back to the crazy genetics in the in the zones where these meet, the dandelions actually like use their own pollen to keep these diploid competitors under control huh. because um, they just essentially drown them out with the triploids. And when the triploids pollinate, when the asexual ones accidentally pollinate the sexual ones, that just overrides a self-incompatibility mechanism and causes the diploids to clone themselves thereby like creating this acceleration effect and it is just the weirdest weirdest interaction that again you know this happens in this like they're normally separated by like these slightly different um temperature gradients but in these areas where they meet like you just get these absolutely wild genetics happening that resulted in like dandelions coming to america that's bananas that's yeah that's um, bananas. speaking of i'm trying to find a way to make that a little bit more understandable <laughs> that's okay it's yeah it's a complicated story um but speaking yeah. of plant genetics uh there's a question in the chat ryan the um the transition between the species of orchids that you were talking about in ecotones um the question is um, wouldn't that have more to do with the pollinator than the flower or pollinators than the flower? Um, I mean, that's how they're reproducing. Yes. But that, but it's, but the ecotone is the fact that two species normally from two different environments can grow closer to one another. Right. Um, if it's, you know, the, the, the ecotone is similar enough to where they would normally grow that they they can continue grow usually not as well um but they like can persist there and now you have these two things near each other and near near enough each other that any the pollination that does need to happen happens and they might cross pollinate and hybridize with a different species or subspecies um so yeah so with plants yeah it does it is if if in that ecotone their pollinator couldn't survive and wasn't there, then yeah, then there wouldn't be any hybridization. Um, they might they might both just exist there and nothing would happen. <laughs> yeah, that's a good point. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah, it's it's about the spacing too. That yeah, like I mean, if pollinators traveled forever, then it wouldn't matter how far apart they were. But yeah, pollinators, especially because most of them are insects, like they can only fly so far or only will <laughs> choose to fly so far between nectar sources so yeah they wouldn't necessarily always cross the boundary between the species yeah well and then the other the other thing to consider is that um because plants can't move they can be adapted to like 
hyper localized regions Mm -hmm. so like here in wyoming we have these abandoned mining sites and um because of the heavy metal toxicity there are actually um instances where there are actually speciation events where like these organisms they get um they get adapted to this land where there's heavy metals in such a way that they cannot like the adaption to the heavy metal also causes them to not be able to reproduce with the um, surrounding population. So, you know, we actually have these mining sites that have created their own species. And we even see this in agriculture as well. So um, one of my friends uh, who's um, a soybean breeder, when he was at the University of Georgia, they accidentally created a um, strain of soybean that was like super productive in like just like a 15 or 20 mile radius like they got really excited about this because they're like oh this yields so much better than everything else that they like tried to grow it like an hour away and it just did not perform better than anything else so you know these like plants and insects can be very different so you can have two entirely separate species you know growing well, I mean, in the most extreme case, they grow within, you know, one quarter mile, mm-hmm. um, you know, a habitat that is like a quarter mile across or something like that. Um, but that's that's a very extreme, you know, an ex- like the most extreme example I can think of. But like, yeah, just just because just because plants are physically close in proximity does not necessarily mean that the environments are the same but for insects it's very different because they can you know they can fly they can travel and you can have an insect that like lives in the forest but like takes pollen from like flowers in a prairie or you know Mm -hmm. something like that i think that's an incredibly good point joe because you mentioned the soil and i guess like in order to talk about ecotones or transitions between ecosystems or edge effects or anything like that we sort of have to also talk about like how we define ecosystems, right? Because like the rainforest that y'all are in right now is a combination of determinants like the soil and the climate or the local weather and how those things affect the plant community that has, you know, arisen in that area. And then how the animal community has um, assembled because of that plant community and those other conditions. So yeah, like that's another reason for this transition zone is because you are leaving an area of like hyper moist weather and also changes in the soil composition. As you move farther North and farther East across this continent, the soil is changing, the weather's changing. Um, Fletcher noticed this when you were crossing the river, Um, there's a mountain range to your North. And so you're like, the weather is changing as you move across this continent because those mountains and the topography of the landscape will change how the weather patterns move across the continent as well so everything yeah is changing. yeah and now that you think about it you know wyoming like the entire state is actually just one big ecotome because we have you know we have the um you know the rocky mountains mm-hmm. in the west of the state and then as you actually drive so i live in you know my parents are in iowa so i drive to iowa a few times a year and as you're actually driving you can just literally watch the environment change over you know, the course of about a hundred miles or so. Yeah. If um, we're going to talk about our states, I got to yeah. talk about Maryland. As a <laughs> because, like, what, what Ryan said about like 
you know that like there's the in the area of overlap like neither of the species of orchid does like as well as it does in its native range yeah. but like if they can do all right maryland is the perfect example of that because it like in a north south gradient every you can grow every crop that you can grow on the east coast you can grow in maryland <laughs> but like really temperature sensitive crops like okra and eggplant where they they do really well in the in the south you can grow those in Maryland, but you can't grow those as well as you can further mm. south. Yeah. And then things like apples, like we can grow apples in Maryland. We grow great apples in Maryland, but we can't grow them as easily as they do in New York state. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, and the same thing applies to all of our pests and diseases. We're Southern enough that we have all the Southern pests coming up from the <laughs> South, migrating up from the South every year. And we're Northern enough that we have the Northern pests and the problems with cold springs and, you know, wet springs and mm-hmm. things like that uh, every year too. So it's That's like, we're, we can do everything in Maryland, but we just can't do anything better than anybody else. I'm sure that <laughs> so makes your job as an it... extension agent very interesting. <laughs> Yeah, you know, yeah, it does. <laughs> that's also sort of you're looking for the same kind of weather that, you know, the northern parts of New England have to deal with, but then also still well in the tropical zone for tropical storms. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's, it's, we, get, we get everything. We get everything. Yeah. It's like, yeah, you can grow peaches in Maryland two Ooh. out of every three years, yeah. you know, if you don't get a late frost, you know. It's, yeah. Uh, um, yeah. I also, I think talking about ecotones is really fun in a fantasy setting because I think anybody who is into fantasy, um, every fantasy novel you've ever read has had a map in the front of it, right? And every single one of those maps has like a very clearly defined, like forest goes here, <laughs> plains here, <laughs> desert here. You know, it's like those ecotones are never on, oh, oh, yeah. oh, snap. So that's, the, that's the map of Arda. Somebody cap that. Yeah, right. <laughs> well, so yeah, that's... well, yeah, we know you put in ecotone, Joe. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Every other fantasy author right, did yeah. not. They, well, they I would also... put deserts right next to like tropical forests. Yeah, like, yeah. but uh, yeah, I also. <laughs> well, I also hate the thing in like like fantasy novels that like everybody is sort of. Um, I noticed this with like Game of Thrones that like they everybody sort of arranges their world and their ecosystems like the same way. And like, you know, like, oh, you know, even the the peoples that live in each of the ecosystems, like they're all sort of similar. And like, that really bothers me. And like, I guess the, the thing that I'm like hating about that, but then also like, yeah, my game is kind of similar to that because like D&D is kind of similar to that. And like the, you know, like it's a role playing game. So like there are going to be stereotypes or like oversimplifications in order to make the game work. And a lot of the like monsters or wildlife or uh like races of people that i've populated this world with you know like you know their environment is part of their character description right so like yeah some of them are going to be similar but i definitely thought a lot about stuff like that when i was making this map and so like you know uh here's the mountain range that y'all are coming up on and there's a rain shadow right like here's the desert right so like i definitely did think quite a bit about Ecosystems. Everybody make a note. There's a desert. <laughs> I I put every ecosystem I could think of on this continent, which makes sense because it's the nature god's continent, right? So you have yeah. There are islands and swamps and every different kind of forest, and there's tundra yeah. and there's desert and there's you know like it's it's got everything, right? But yeah, there are also ecotones between all of them because that's how the real world works yeah world works i was wondering about a rain shadow like when i learned about the mountains yeah there there definitely is one you like fletcher doesn't know that yet but now you do (laughs) i kind of i kind of assumed there was gonna be one because you know 
living in that exact environment right now. Yeah. Um, so, no, it's... Okay, yeah. since we talked about our states, I feel like I just have to talk about Ecuador. Yes! Of course you do. Yeah, so one thing that's really interesting is from the outside of Quito, which is, you know, highest point that you might actually want to walk around is 14,000 feet above sea level. Um, so it's like dry forest, like dry forest to prairie to like caramel. So it's like the short scrubby grassy stuff. And you come down the mountain and then there's actually like cactus and kind of like Spanish moss trees looks very much like Arizona. And then in 45 minutes, you're in the cloud forest, like you're in the rainforest. And it just happens like that because you're coming down the mountain. And we don't have a rain shadow effect because we have the trade winds coming from the east of the Amazon. And we have the Humboldt current on the west pushing right up that way. So we've got jungle everywhere. (laughs) (laughs) No rain shadow effect for us. (laughs) (laughs) Fuck it, Arda. (laughs) Hold that thought because we'll talk about rain shadows when we get to the rain shadow. (laughs) Excellent. Excellent. Um, does anybody else have any other thoughts on ecotones and edge effects and transition zones between ecosystems? Or would you like to transition to the next ecosystem? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, let's go. Let's, let's go. Let's go. All right. That has been our science chat of the day. At least it was the first science chat of the day. Um, as Ryan just pieces out. Um, <laughs> <laughs> bye. bye. Um, <laughs> uh so yeah that's uh that that's ecosystems and ecotones um so yeah you've noticed uh as you were inspecting this weird sick tree that you came upon um that it uh uh it does seem to be sort of at the edge of this forest that the the rainforest trees and plants are becoming fewer and farther between and you can sort of start to see that the land is opening up in front of you as you move northeast um i'm assuming you still want to go in that direction yeah we we didn't start walking we didn't start continuing to walk did we uh not yet no because i think first Where's the river in relation to us? Um, it's still to your like if you're looking towards where the forest is opening up and this ecotone is happening, the for or the river is still to your right. So you're facing sort of northeast. The river is that way. Yeah. Oh. Okay. So we're still we're still within sight of the river. We haven't like you know <clears throat> gotten so distracted that. Yeah, well, you weren't like you weren't like walking right along the edge of the forest, but you were walking close enough that like Nadia was doing the thing where she like pops up above the trees every once in a while to check the river. Um, yeah. yeah. So yeah, you haven't wandered like really far inland again. No. Okay. So so guys, I mean, what what do we think? Was that big uh, horrible monster bug uh, thing? Is that what's making this tree sick or is it just sick because it's on the edge of an ecotone and it's just not as well adapted for this environment i mean what What's do you an guys ecotome, think cedric <laughs> <laughs> you know it's something that i heard uh leon talking about at the bar uh and i just thought it sounded cool so uh i just <laughs> leon leon was the runner-up in our rate my npc competition Oh, he's he been so he indispensable. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He deserves it. We have we have put a lot on Leon. <laughs> on we Leon's behalf, get... I appreciate that. <laughs> we, need, we need to get Leon like a, a like a fruit basket or something. <laughs> Maybe you'll bring him a souvenir from your adventure. Ooh. You can bring him a giant nice. mantis claw. <laughs> <laughs> Imagine Ooh. Leon just be like, what is 
this. Just hang it over the bar. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> we come bearing gifts. Adventurers live at this tavern. Ergo, it is now going to be an adventurer tavern. <laughs> He's going to have, like, so many weird trophies. Yeah, could we mount the head over the bar? It would be great. Do you want to carry that mantis head with you? Nope. Nope. I'm not carrying it. Okay. It's an option. Um, yeah, what would you like to do now? Wait, I have a question for Fletcher. So we can still see the river. Do you think this tree is sick because its like root system hits the the river water? Like Well that yeah, but that's I I do want to go back and, and keep looking at the tree since we were so rudely interrupted when we'd only just started. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> By the mantis. <laughs> whose name whose name is not Cheryl. No, it's not. <laughs> anyway. Um yeah, you can you can go back and keep investigating for a <laughs> Um, what else would you like to do to investigate? I think you were like tapping it with your staff, maybe? Is that. He had just no. peeled back a piece of bark when the man. Yeah, I had been trying to pull back some of the bark that looked. that Kay had found that was like crumbly and like. Yeah. and dark looking to see like. What, is there anything more underneath that looks different at all? Um, give me another search check. Lucanus is standing guard. He has his crossbow out. Nice. Yeah. I'm, I've gone back to keeping guard i'm picturing the two of you circling the tree like the vulture uh prison guards in disney's uh the uh, robin hood yes the <laughs> nutsy and trigger i'm just picturing you like walking on the tree with your crossbows out like that <laughs> anyway um <laughs> what did you get Fletcher? Uh, did you say search yeah uh 12 12 um yeah so you're peeling it apart and it's definitely like odd like, um, it definitely, uh, it seems to you like the, the tree, how do I say this? Um, yeah. With it, words. Huh? With words. With, well, it. well, but like, you know, mm-hmm. a- according to how much he can figure out with that role. Um, so yeah, you can definitely see that it seems like the tree is sick and it, it looks like it's sick in like a like malnourished is sort of the way you'd put it right there. Like it doesn't, uh, the, 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 the substance, the tissue of the tree looks like it's been, you know, drained or sapped or it's not, you know, it doesn't have all the nutrients it needs to grow. I feel like we need to do another nature breakout check. And Ryan and I talk about diagnosing plant diseases. I mean, <laughs> like this is like, really, it's like, Oh, it's malnourished. Nutritional well, that... disorder. Yeah, I was immediately like, okay, well, what's where's the deficiency stemming mm-hmm. from, or is it a toxicity? Mm-hmm. What is we? Yeah. yeah. See, see, I just I check all the roots. Of... Is there a smell? What's the soil texture? What's? <laughs> see, I just skip all of that. Toss some crap in a test tube, and you know, amplify DNA. It is far less efficient, but um, uh, far less cost effective. But um, Fletcher has two tubes, know, but... but I don't know if Pops can do anything with DNA. I don't know that any of you know what DNA is. Oh, yeah. No, no, no. Test I'm just saying. Would help you diagnose, like, you're not going to get DNA to tell you about, like, a root exudate pH drop problem that's creating an iron toxicity because of the acidified soil. <laughs> I'm really like, enjoying yeah, but a tr- Cindy's face right now. <laughs> Yeah, but a, a, tra- a transcriptome can totally do that. Uh, only if the transcriptome has no, been because like... they acidify the soil as part of their normal physiology. So all it would tell you is this plant is normal. 
Yeah. Because <laughs> that's what I deal with in container crops. Which, by the way, by the way, this is also like the least cost effective method yeah. to like diagnose everything. It is, I, it is such yeah. a, <laughs> you would do better just by inspecting it. Which is also, suggesting, yeah. also I'm thinking Joe, that you're thinking of doing a transcriptome for a species where like the transcriptome is very well established. Right. Whereas like, you know, like, yeah, in soybeans, sure. You can tell different things from, mm -hmm. because we've got a lot of research on, you know, how, you know, different things are expressed in different conditions. Yeah. Well, you could also find like a healthy tree. Right, we gotta totally sequence the entire transcriptome for all of, of a the normal plants tree. For <laughs> all of the plants tree. in this brand new, previously unexplored rainforest. Yeah, yeah right? because isn't that <laughs> essentially your entire PhD is doing those two things? Uh, we, you know what? That's another. That's another talk. Uh, we've already, we've already, we've already spent time on a, a really, really stupid joke that I was making. <laughs> What was, what was that about 20 episodes and only the level two? Um, <laughs> <laughs> it's our fault. It's because all we do is talk science and shop. I mean, yeah, yeah. right? Like, <laughs> well, I took you away from the city so you couldn't shop. So here we are. Um, <laughs> so here we are, wasting time anyway. <laughs> Jokes on you, Cheryl. Every <laughs> part is a biologist out in the woods. Yeah. That's not gonna make them. I mean, more yeah. Have you ever gone on a hike with someone like us? You stop every three feet to look at something. Oh, my family complains <laughs> about okay, it so much. We have much. a word for that. This it's the entomologist speed because there's like the local speed here, which is like climbing up a vertical slope in like ten minutes, and then there's like forest speed, which is like normally like two hours, and then there's entomologist speed, which is all day. Yeah. yeah. And all the guides here are like, what the hell is wrong with you? Just walk. Like, no, but there's so many things to explain. Yeah. Look at all the things. Yep. Yeah, I used to go hiking with a, a biologist and herbatologist, and it was like the three of us could probably starve to death 50 feet from a parking lot. You know, it's oh, like we, yeah. we, it's three hours and we could still see our car. Yeah. That is that is not an exaggeration in any way, shape, or form whatsoever. No, fun that walks is, with uh, my, my grandfather. Huh? Yeah, my mom's a retired science teacher, and I still, when I go on hikes with her, anytime I see something I don't recognize, I stop and go, what's that? And I, she just, I think it makes her a little bit crazy, but yeah. <laughs> Fun walks with my grandfather growing up was him quizzing me. Like, he taught me how to identify trees, and nice. we're hardcore. Trees don't have leaves on them all year round, so he was like, Cheryl, this is how you're going to learn to identify trees by the bark only, right? And then we would just be walking, yep. and he'd stop, like, every ten yards and be like, what's that tree? What's that tree? And I'm like, I'm on the spot. <laughs> yeah. uh, my parents went to grad school at Cornell, and so mom ended up taking... I forget what the class was, but it was something that involved going outside and identifying trees in winter. Yeah. Well, so my advisor. <laughs> so it's it's funny you guys are saying this because my advisor is a weed scientist. So like even even just walking with them around campus is just <laughs> like that. Because, mm -hmm. you know, it's yeah, it's all of that only like with a group of plants that aren't supposed to be there. And it's like, oh, is that new? It's like no, no, it's not. Let's mm -hmm. let's move. So uh, if, uh, Ryan and Peter are very excited about trying to uh, diagnose this tree. But how much uh, tree diagnostic skill or experience do Fletcher and Cedric have? Well, Cedric no, doesn't I... know what a vegetable is, so <laughs> right. <That> is true. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I mean, can he like cast detect? pestilence or something no but he's know. very willing to taste the soil to see if it has a 
you know, flavor. So yeah. Do you you don't have detect poison yet, do you? Or do you? No, you do because you. I do. Yeah, because you yeah. didn't use Cause it I... on the river. You just drank it instead. No, not you. Right. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, what can I, I see? Is... To what be fair, soil's always going to have a taste. Yeah. What What can you what? The leaves on the are there leaves on the tree or what do they look yeah, like? Yeah, it still or are has they... leaves. It's just like I said, everything about it seems kind of like just kind of down. Like the leaves don't seem quite as vibrant as the other K-pop trees you've seen in terms of the the shade of green. It just like it just seems kind of like, bleh. yeah. Have I seen anything like this before? Um. You have not. Well, make a make a nature check. I'll let you. I'll let you see if you have. Are they chlorotic? What's that mean? Oh, yellow. <laughs> yellow. I'm not a plant scientist. Sorry. Um, <laughs> that's okay. What was that? Thirteen. Thirteen. Um. I mean, there have been like sick or dying trees in the forest. Like that's a thing. But like you don't necessarily know what causes that. Slash, there are lots of different things that can cause a tree to die. Right. Um. It can be poisoned. It can be girdled. It can have some sort of pest living in it or attacking it. It can be you know. But lots. Virus. Huh? Yeah, there can be lots of different things that go wrong with a tree in order to cause it to look kind of like this. Yeah. Are the okay. leaves yellow? So it's not and like is an the... odd kind of decay. <clears throat> yeah. No, it's not. Are it's not leaves... like it's like uh, abnormal or that you would expect that it was a non-natural source. Yeah. Are the leaves yellow and um, is the yellowness like spread throughout? Is like is Lucanus it, asking uh, this or is Joe can asking I, this? Yeah, well, <laughs> asking this. Can I? I mean, if if, we, if we're gonna con- continue doing this, I feel like I need to interject. You did say Lucanus is standing guard, so these kinds of questions and things should be being done by the people who are interacting with the tree. Oh yeah, That's sorry. It's okay. Um, I think hey, I would bored already, and it's just sitting <laughs> next to the tree waiting for them to stop talking. <laughs> <laughs> you're doing the thing where you're like picking like grass or little like plants and just like yeah, yeah i'm like made a little like helicopter thing on my nose <laughs> <laughs> so in fact the people here do that with uh the the heliconius flowers like the, oh. the pointy ones so like put them on their nose like the like, gnomes or goblins yeah nice she's doing that very helpful very um we before we got here we walked past like healthy looking K-pop trees, totally. right? Totally. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So would I be so? So I'll turn. So where where is Nadia? Is she? Um, yeah, I'm I'm close by because I'm also looking at the tree. Okay. Um, so I'm gonna ask Nadia. Would you do you if you feel well enough? Would you be able to fly up and just grab a a really good looking leaf off of a off of a different tree? Uh, yeah. Are there any nearby? Yeah. Yeah, you can definitely find one so, that looks not sick somewhere else. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I'll go do that. And on the way back, I actually want to just sort of circle around more like the, the top part of the tree and just see if I see anything up there that looks out of place. Sure. Yeah. Um, give me, a, like, are you doing it like close up or at a distance? So basically like search or perception. I'll start with perception. Okay. Just sort of see if there's any area that looks weird. And yeah. then maybe narrow in don't trust my dice today <laughs> uh oh that's fine that's 21. um it, the top doesn't look uh again it doesn't look like anything specific there's nothing like immediately out of place up there um like the 
parts of the tree, the, you know, the, the wood parts of the tree that you can see up at the top look maybe less sick than the ones at the bottom. Um, so it looks like okay. it's some sort of, you know, like, like you could, you could assume that it might be some sort of something that's, you know, more concentrated at the bottom or that it's moving up kind of thing. Um, but yeah, you don't see anything like specific that would be like, haha, there it is or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, then I'll, in addition to grabbing the healthy leaf from another tree, I'll also grab one of the healthier looking leaves from up high and bring both down. Sure. So this is, this is from a good tree and then this is from the top. It doesn't look as bad as the bottom. Uh, I, I take them both and I, and I say, well, I, I'm going to see just maybe if, if there is a connection like Kay pointed out. Um, and I'm going to take the, the really the, like the healthier looking leaf. Mm -hmm. And I still have a vial of the, uh, the water we collected that had the sheen on the top of it right. that, that pops identified. Yeah. And I want to see if, if I'm going to start by just by sticking the leaf sort of, the good leaf in the water to mm -hmm. see if it draws it up and it creates some kind of effect in the leaf that looks like what's happening to the tree. Okay. Um, yeah. So you stick the good leaf in the vial. Um, yeah. I mean, you know, as well as everyone probably that like the capillary action for it to soak up that water is going to take a little while. So it's not something yeah. that you're going to see like an immediate effect. This is going to take 10, 20, 30 minutes at least. Yeah. Yeah. Um, anything else? Is there any, was there anything else we could tell about the the bark besides just appearance? Like, did it smell? Did it? Not especially. You should lick it. <laughs> I know. I, I don't know if Fletcher would think of it, but I really, I really want Cedric to taste the tree and the dirt <laughs> because he tasted the water. So he would know if there's a similarity. I mean, you know, to be fair, taste really is just nature's GCMS. It is. And like, like, I mean, we were really joking about it, but like, um, soil scientists, like when you are doing, when you are yeah. trying to tell different yeah. things yeah. about soil, they like taste, taste soil. is, is absolutely one of the things that you do. also do it with rocks. Geologists yeah, all the like time. So, I don't know. I don't know if you guys are familiar with the name Kobe Shaw, but he is like the world's foremost cockroach biologist, and he made a um, so a GCMS machine is something that can detect chemicals, and he actually made a GCMS machine out of like aquarium pumps, and a, he used a, a cockroach antenna as a sensor. And he actually um, used that system to <laughs> isolate cockroach pheromones. Hmm. So, I mean, taste and smell are, they're really some of the most sensitive um, ways that we can use to detect chemicals. That's why, that's why we have like dogs that can sniff out cancer and bed bugs and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. hmm. uh, Fletcher, are we going to be here much longer? Do you need help or something? <laughs> Uh, I mean, if we can carry on, I guess, and we'll see what happens with this experiment as we go. But um, eat the dirt, because I don't know Cedric. how long it will really take. Eat the dirt? Why would I eat the dirt? I don't know. Why he would you drink the, the water? water? Well, the water was clearly poisoned. Well, the dirt well, might this, be clearly poisoned. The tree, is, the tree is clearly poisoned, Cedric. <laughs> this logic is astounding. <laughs> well, you know, I can actually detect poison. Uh, why didn't you do, that, didn't with you do that with the river? I, I'm pretty sure I did I, after I tasted it. <laughs> you did, in fact, mm -hmm. do that. 
Yes. <laughs> Why would you need to detect poison after, you know what, I'm just gonna, Lucanus just goes back to, like, pacing oh, uh, around. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, you go back to stabbing things, Lucanus. Leave the the sciencing to me. I'm I <laughs> Um yeah. That's also fine. a t-shirt now. Um <laughs> I mean, to be fair to, you know, to get samples of these animals, someone needs to beat the crap out of them, and judging by how you handled the mantis back there, it's obviously not going to be you. Um All right. Well, that I'm that didn't come out. Anymore. That didn't come out as affectionately as I meant to, and I apologize for that. <laughs> it's fine. It's fine. It's just now canon that we're having a fight. <laughs> I thought you were already uh, having a fight. Yeah. Cedric <laughs> is gonna like pointedly ignoring Lucanus, walk over to Fletcher, make a guy contact with Fletcher, reach down, grab a handful of soil, and like. <laughs> <laughs> Stick it on his tongue, and while also casting uh, detect poison. Okay, <laughs> I like the eye contact. Why are you staring at me? Is this like, possible? Like, I'm giving you a like, uh, Lucanus look. <laughs> like, oh, I thought you were shit. doing like a sultry looking dirt look, and I was oh, like, no. where's this going? <laughs> See, I thought no. it was more of a spiteful look. No, Peter, no. can you can you demonstrate on screen no, exactly what Cedric no. is doing? <laughs> no one wants that. <laughs> I mean, no more gifts. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, so. <laughs> so, uh, remind me how detect poison works. You determine whether a creature, object, or area has been poisoned. Okay. You can determine the exact type of poison with a DC twenty wisdom check. All right. Uh, it Six. is not poisoned. Okay. Yeah. Red. Just sick. I I throw it on the ground and I'm like, it's not poison. Oh, what does it taste like? Dirt. Okay. Tastes like dirt. I mean, very yeah. wet dirt because it's the that rainforest. checks out. All right, it's um, it's a pin silt loam with uh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um... <laughs> it's uh, yeah. Uh, Let's but, just dedicate uh, an entire episode to how to use a soil chart. Mm-hmm. No, no. no. <laughs> yeah, I don't. I don't know what uh, actual soil types they have in the rainforest, but it's a standard soil type for the rainforest, which I assume Cedric can tell because <laughs> he grew up underground and soil. Yep, it's dirt is, <laughs> and dirt and stuff. Yeah, it's dirt. He, he he's got advantage on stone soil. checks and yeah. soil and stone or they have I mean, a lot in common yeah i'll give you that um but yeah um, I, I mean it doesn't there's nothing strange about the dirt and it's not poisoned this dirt would actually make really good soil t- uh to grow mushrooms in it would i don't know maybe this tree's not a mushroom and that's its problem <laughs> i don't Sounds know anything like about ground trees be. yeah I mean, well trees usually aren't mushrooms oh i guess so. there's one last thing to, to try, and I'm going to cast Detect Magic to see if there's any kind of aura or or what. It's Detect Magical Auras, Presence, Absence, Number of Different Auras and Their Power, and Strength and Location. Mm. You sense no magic. Wait, what about the stuff that Lucanus has? Well, I mean, yeah, uh, uh, you sense no magic other than your friend's stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, we've established that before. Like when I okay. say you sense no magic, I mean like the thing that he's looking at, right? Like, oh, okay. Yeah. Well, because the last time he did this, we were not in the room. Right. Yeah. 
Um, oh, so, that's right. Yeah. Well, in I mean, terms of a... in terms of canon, this is the first time that well, that's... Fletcher would be learning about the magical properties of the stuff and like well, that's Lucanus's stash. Um, but it's also a cone, so you would have to be within the cone. So I don't know. Oh, okay. Yeah. Never yeah. mind. Never mind. Yeah, yeah, like he has to he has to like aim it. Okay. Yeah. yeah so I, I'm scanning the tree basically. <laughs> okay. It's not just Boop. looking everywhere. Boop. It's not All like right. a tricorder where it just tells you everything about everything. Um, well, I thought it was like... Sorry, that was a Star Trek thing. dig for Cindy. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. So, uh, Fletcher, was that your... You said that was your like your last thing to try? Yeah, before I f- figured we would head out and I would just be monitoring... Sure. ...the leaf with the, the oil of vitriol and lead water from the river. Mm. <laughs> oil of vitriol and lead. Just like Mother used to make. Yeah, so you guys head out um, sort of in the direction of this ecotone. Um, Fletcher, after, yeah, like 20, 30 minutes-ish, um, you look at that leaf in the, the poisoned river water, and it looks really bad, but not in the same way that the sick tree leaf looked. Like, the, the one that was with the oil of vitriol, like, that's an acid, right? Like, the leaf is, it's got, like, burned, like, brown spots on it. Like, it looks awful. Um, so it looks, yeah. and, and it, and it looks more like the, like, the plant specimen you took from right, right alongside the river. Um, it looks more yeah. like that, yeah, yeah. right? The, the K-pop. So totally, tree... totally different symptom profile. Right. Yeah. The, okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. Yeah, so you that's the data you get from that. Um, but you guys keep moving, and um, eventually you make it pretty much to like where the, the rainforest has basically petered out, and it's mostly behind you, and you can, you're able to see in front of you because there aren't trees in the way anymore. Um, this sort of like low grassland that's all like hill country. So it's like sort of, you know, to all of you except for Cedric and Nadia, grasses maybe like, you know, mid shin to mid thigh high, um, just beautiful rolling grasslands, but also like dotted with hills. And a lot of the hills have like trees and shrubs on them. So it's sort of this like savannah-y type dealio. So... This is not a question Cedric would ask, but I'm just curious. <laughs> yeah. Um, did these grasslands, like, do they resemble the grasslands that we were with with the Abixians? Like, the, because those are the only other grasslands question. we've passed through so far. Kind of, yeah. It seems like, you know, a cursory examination that, like, a lot of the vegetation feels similar. Um, There are more um, trees and shrubs dotting this landscape than there were in the more southern grasslands. Um, but yeah, it's a fairly similar in its feel. Yeah. Um, and can you give me all another perception check as you sort of like look oh, out over the expanse of this landscape? Why damn it. Sometimes perception checks mean you, mean you find good stuff. Oh, not never, with Evan rolling. Never has that happened. What? 14. 19. Eleven. Nine. Oh, hold on. <laughs> I'm not prepared. Sixteen. Sixteen. Okay, yeah, so you're all sort of looking out at this um, this grassland, and um, Nadia, maybe it's because you're hovering again, but you notice um, there's a hill not too far away from you that um, looks like it's got like an eroded or otherwise exposed side. So there's a, there's a patch on it 
where there isn't grass or other vegetation. So you can see like bare soil and rock um, on the face of this hill. Um, whereas like most of what else you see around you is covered in vegetation. And that's so like it's probably out of their view from yeah from, like, like their angle. But yeah, I can you've see got a little higher. bit. Yeah, you've got a little bit of range on your vision because you're up a little higher. Yeah. Uh, there's a there's a hill up there. That's that's not right. That's not right. It's bare. There's because does it look like sort of like just part of it has come has been cut out basically. Kind of, yeah. It's not It's not exactly the same shape as the other hills. It looks, like I said, like it might have been eroded or otherwise that like a lot of the mm-hmm. soil and vegetation like sloughed off of it. Because um, the reason you notice it is because it's got this sort of like lighter colored rock exposed. Um, so it sticks out against mm-hmm. this sea of greenish grasses. Yeah. Yeah. Does it look natural, Nadia? Does it look like something I've seen around? Oh, I mean, does it look like... Does it look like a, a normal landslide, or does it look like it's been strip mined? Um, I don't know that that's something you'd be able to see at a distance. That's not something that. That's also <laughs> not something I would know. Yeah, that's, that's why I was like, does it look like something I've seen before? Um, you haven't been <laughs> to the hill country really that much. Like, you mostly stayed in the rainforest because that's where the, like the streams and where your little like safe your yeah. home was. I kind of poked around up there before and didn't see anything I liked and so I just didn't come back. Right, yeah, because there weren't as many streams in this area and stuff like that, and not as much cover. Um, yeah, so like yeah. You, you haven't been here a whole lot, so I mean it, it looks, like I said, it, it sticks out because it's a different color, um, but you can't tell much about it from, you know, looking at it all the way over here, because it's, it's mm-hmm. like, it's close-ish, but it's still a distance away. Does yeah. the does the water look um, more or less nasty than it has in the past? You'd like to look at the river as well. Um, yeah, I'll use the same perception checks for that because you guys were like scanning all over. Um, the river, as far yeah. as you can tell, looks about the same. Okay. Yeah, and it's still very wide here. Okay, let's go well, get a closer look. Like, how far away yeah. did that look? Oh, it's probably like a quarter mile, half mile away. Yeah. The whole time we're walking there, Cedric is, like, kind of mansplaining to Nadia about, like, how, like, erosion can cause mudslides, which expose, you know, rocks beneath. And... Amazing. It's like that one it's meme with, like, the guy. Movie. It's like the one meme with the guy in the nightclub. With that girl who's obviously not having any of that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Nodding, kind of <laughs> smiling and nodding because she actually has been around here for a very long time and uh-huh. knows all these things. <laughs> <laughs> also, so, she's from the know. plain of water and would probably know a bit about mudslides and erosion, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Although she hasn't been up to the hill country, so... Uh-huh. Yeah. Neither has yeah. Cedric. That's true. He did come from hill country, though, although, like, different technically under. Very different yeah. hill country. Yeah. We do, we, uh, to be fair, we do know a lot about mudslides and erosion underground. There's underground rivers, you know. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But My are there cave octopuses? Cousin... Are there what? <laughs> are there cave octopuses? <laughs> <laughs> we haven't established that. I don't want to intrude on your canon, Cheryl. <laughs> oh, come on. We were about to get another cousin story. I know. I'm so sorry. I interrupted well, the cousin story for my own joke. I'm so sorry. Well, my, my, you know, 
My my cousin was a cave octopus, so <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. My cousin was well, actually killed by a cave octopus. Yeah. Technically more of a cave squid. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. Cave cuttlefish, who knows? Yeah. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> Um, yeah, so Cedric uh, dwarf splains his way as you all make it <laughs> across the grasslands um, to this weird hillside. Um, so yeah, now that you're up on the hillside, um, you all can do uh, search checks. Anybody who would like to investigate this sort of like bare, exposed rock soil area um, can do a search check. Oh, sure. Oh, sure. Let's see. Eight. And... 21. Nice. Uh, 12. I also got a 12. 17. Okay. Uh, sorry. (laughs) I'm reading my notes. Um, Nadia, Lucanus, and Cedric, um, you find a bunch of interesting, like, pebbles and bits of stone that have, um, sparkles in them, like little sparkly bits, and some that are sort of, like, gold in color, which is kind of exciting. Um, Ooh, pretty. Shiny things. Fletcher, you find, uh, a rather large ovoid, like, oval-shaped stone, um, with a very, like, distinct, uh rough texture on the outside like it's it it just it looks different i can't hear you um but it looks different than the other stones like this texture on the outside um and then k you find um some chips of slate with tiny fossil shells in them oh that's exciting and also um you're not quite sure what it is, um, but you find this rock that's a very odd shape that you might want to show the rest of your friends because you're not really sure what it is. But like again, it's it's distinctly different than like the majority of the rocks here on the side of the hill. Hey, Cedric, rock boy, stop talking about water and stuff. What is this? Um, so she shows you, and it's this sort of like, yeah, it's an oddly shaped rock. I want you to let's see here. Do you have knowledge nature or knowledge history? I have I have knowledge history. You have knowledge history. Would you roll that for me, please? Sure. That's just my proficiency bonus plus my intelligence modifier. We don't have proficiency bonuses. Oh, right. So it's just that <laughs> it's I can in- roll it. Uh, just my intelligence modifier. Oh, are you trained in it, but you didn't put any... Or you, you're, you, yeah, I don't have any points in it. Then you can't. Oh. oh, you have to actually put points and oh. things you're trained in in order to. Use oh, that's. Uh, yeah. Annoying. So uh... It looks like a looks like a weird rock. Can I can I do a local or nature knowledge? Uh, yeah. Oh, I, Cedric is like but... it's just a weird rock, and then Nadia comes up. He's like, but wouldn't hold on? Wouldn't Cedric have like some sort of knowledge of mineralogy? I have an advantage on appraise checks for gems and metal because I'm a, a dwarf, but um, I, she she's not asking me to guess its value. So right. oh, yeah. I like see. You want, you're trying to figure out what it is, and it's something for which that does not apply, which may give it away. But your character doesn't Lick know it. that. So 
Um, well, I was I was thinking I was thinking you know in order to appraise value you have to kind of know what it is. Right. Um. So you can appraise the things that uh Cedric and Nadia and uh, Lucanus found, or you can appraise the other things that um you all found. But this this thing you have to sort of like like it's going to take a little more to know what it is. Um. Sorry. Like uh, it. Like it. Uh. Sorry, Fletcher. <laughs> what you found was um an ovoid stone, so like a large sort of oval-shaped stone, um, with a very distinct rough exterior. So it's like the the texture of the outside of this shape, um, is different than a lot of the surrounding stone. Um. Yeah. So you've got a bunch of pebbles with sparkles in them, and also some chunks of what look like they could be gold. Um, this ovoid stone, um, some pieces of slate with tiny, what look like little like clamshells or whatever in them, K, and then also this sort of odd rock that I haven't given you a lot of detail about yet. But if somebody else knows something about nature or history and wants to give it a go. I just rolled a 12 for nature. Um, it looks kind of like, uh, like a tooth, like a, like a canine tooth, uh, from like a predatory animal. It's got that kind of like, you know, it's it's round and it's kind of slightly curved and it kind of tapers to a point at the end, but like it's a rock. <laughs> He's laughing at my eyebrows. <laughs> no, I was laughing at Sydney's like oh, very uncomfortable yeah. like nodding and being like, yeah, I get it. Yeah, it's super okay. helpful. Well, I know nothing about history nor nature, so don't look at me. I would definitely like okay. to do a nature check. Okay, go for it. Eh, only an eight. Um, I oh. mean, when Nadia, I'm assuming you say something about it looking like a predator tooth. Yeah. 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 Like, I mean, well, it's like a tooth. <clears throat> yeah, you confirm. I would have been. I think looking at my at my item. Okay. Um, your item. Uh, was that was that what that nature check was for, or? Yeah. Okay. Um, it looks really odd, but you're not not really sure what it might be it, it's a really okay. strange rock okay hey fletcher come over here nadia found it or k found a tooth that not or k found a rock that nadia thinks is a tooth yep that one. <laughs> oh, i also found these here here are these that have the little shells in them which is cool i guess lucanus like hands cedric a sparkly rock is this valuable I'm gonna look at yeah the go the rocks that have flecks of gold in them. Um, so that... it's so there are some rocks that have like flecks of something sparkly in them, and then there are some chunks that look like they could be gold. Is it pyrite? I feel like Cedric First you would should know. Appraise. Yeah, yeah. All right. Yes, it's pyrite. Um... <laughs> <laughs> I swear, if I screw this up, it's gonna be. That's a 21. <laughs> hey! Yeah, um, so the chunks that look like gold, you realize, are iron pyrite, or what's also known as fool's gold, because it looks like gold, but it's worthless. Um, except that it's cool looking. I like it. Um, yes, and then the, I like it too. Yeah, and the rocks with the little, like, sparkly bits in them, um, those little sparkly bits are mica, so it's another sort of, like, yeah. mineral composition. That's <laughs> Can I tell you another awesome thing about Ecuador? Oh, my God. <laughs> So yes, in, in the cloud forest, we actually, our rivers sparkle because of the pyrite in them. And so the Yumbo people that were living in the cloud forest, their pottery is considered worse because it's thicker and not as like formed, but all of it glitters because of the pyrite that was in the, 
<laughs> you literally live in paradise. <laughs> I, yeah, no, like, I'm like, everyone should visit me. Oh, you like culture and history and Chinese? Oh, I could do that too. Shiny bugs. Shiny you sold river. me on it like on day one. Totally. Yeah. I yeah. messaged her the other day and was like, so my original spring vacation to Yellowstone got canceled. How much does, like, can I come to Ecuador? <laughs> well, right now, no. Right, but like, later. <laughs> Eventually. Okay. Eventually. Yeah. <clears throat> anyway, yeah, so you find um, some mica and some pyrite. Um, are you trying to appraise any of the other items? Nah, I don't know what those weird shaped rocks nah. are. Um, not even the oval, <laughs> the, uh, the, the oval shaped one or the, the ones with I, the shells? For, I, the Fletcher hasn't ones. shown me that oval shaped oh, one okay. yet. Um, well, and, I, 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 yeah, I know I, when I came over, when okay. you were pointing oh. out the other things, I'm like holding it. Yeah. All right, I lick it. Okay. Um. Do you want to <laughs> give me another? Give me another appraise check to see if you know what this is. All right. Oh my God. It's a natural one. Oh it's no! A, it's a rock. That's it's really a rock, Fletcher. It is a rock. As far as you can tell. Uh, <laughs> so you can like complain to Nadia about about erosion, but you can't tell what this. Oh my is. Don't god! Don't you live on a rock bed? You rolled so high to identify iron pyrite, and you rolled so <laughs> yeah, low to identify. that's the what cool I was thing. gonna say. I just love the differential between these two rolls in a row. It's I mean, it literally makes perfect 20. sense because the mm -hmm. pyrite is really easy to identify, and this other thing is much harder. It's just. It would have been really embarrassing if I'd flubbed the pyrite roll and yeah, been like, exactly. "Oh yeah, this is." totally a whatever yeah that's a, a thing that cedric doesn't know what it is really unfortunate um can i can i try a separate nature check on on the other thing on fletcher's rock? on the oval um yeah go for it it's gonna be a really high or dc local, though that would be go for we'll it just look at, we'll just see and... live for adventure <laughs> lucanus is just standing around bored <laughs> i also rolled a natural one <laughs> <laughs> Can we can we just say that like between Cedric and Nadia, they drop it and it hits the ground and Brace. cracks open? I'm holding it. <laughs> well, you shouldn't be. Are you are you sure you're holding it? I didn't give it to anybody. Okay, oh. then he's holding it. I was gonna. Roll I never percentile. said it left my hands. I was gonna roll percentile to give you the option or to give uh, you a chance of dropping it, but he uh, says he's holding it, so you don't drop it. Okay. okay. Yeah, it's just a there, round there, rock. Are there any are there any larger pieces of mica around? Yeah. Like, just just like the... Yeah, I get distracted and go pick up one of those and start pulling the flakes off. Marvelous. Yeah. Um, yeah. Cedric mica spends, so like, two minutes trying to explain to Fletcher, like, yeah, sometimes rocks will, like, get in water and they'll, like, roll around a little bit and they'll get rounded, you know, <laughs> just smooth on the outside like that. So, Lucanus you know... Is, but Lucanus is, not like, smooth. playing... Lucanus is but it's, like, round shape. with a rock. You're playing hacky sack with a hey, rock that oh wow. Yeah. Hey Cedric, I'm pretty sure Fletcher is smarter than you. How do you know that? Oh wow. <laughs> Cedric is smart about things. Yeah. Like <laughs> Yeah. I'm smart about some things. Like, yeah, he may mo know like, a lot more about vegetables. Like but... the iron pyrite. <laughs> yeah. But I know way more about rocks. Vegetables. Fletcher doesn't know anything about rocks. He knows lots of stuff about plants. <laughs> And weird bugs and stuff, but I know rocks and I know soil, and that's just a. Maybe wreck. I'm just jealous because I don't know anything about anything. Oh, that's Aww. not but... true, Kay. You know lots of things about New Seychester and the people in New Seychester and the political groups in New Seychester. 
And you also Man. found the coolest stuff in this rock pile. It's true. It's true. <laughs> so, and looking at those things together, like what looks like a tooth and shells embedded in it and things, would that, like, uh, through schooling and natural history and everything I've gone through, would looking at those things collectively, have I learned about fossils yeah. and like prehistoric records of things? Yeah, that's a thing. Okay, okay, I was like assuming I would, but I didn't. I was like, yeah. I was like, I feel like that is very much yep. part yep. of the like general nature you would be taught in school. Mm -hmm. totally. um, yeah, you. So know, I think that's you know about looking that. at those things together. I think that's when I, like it hits me because I had such a weird thing that I was like, right. what the hell is. But looking at it now, I'm like, I, I, I think now it's like it's like a light bulb moment, seeing what looks like actual shells and stuff. Mm -hmm. I'm like, oh, these, actually, these, this is, these are fossils. These, these are, these used to be living things that slowly over time were buried, and and their normal living structure was replaced with minerals, and and now they're preserved like this. Mm. So what I have could be uh, something that was knobbly at some point i i a dragon egg or something i don't know well that's cool i guess yeah i mean now they're basically stones but <clears throat> um k are you still just sort of in the area where you found what turned out to be the tooth uh oh oh uh -oh. no oh no no. With nine minutes left. Oh, no. Yes, she's she's definitely still in that area. Uh, oh, hi, Nancy. Uh, Kay, hi, sorry. No, it's okay. Uh, are you still in the same, like, general area where you found what turned out to be a tooth? Uh, yeah, I guess so. Okay. I mean, where would I have gone? Yeah. So, oh, like... then I shouted at Cedric. I was like, <laughs> I found a rock! Fuck! <laughs> <laughs> so, as, as Fletcher starts talking about fossils, um, the two of you look down in this area, kind of by your feet, where you found the tooth, and you see what looks like the snout the rest of, it. of, like, whatever creature this tooth may have come from. It's definitely, yeah. like, it's pretty well buried in the rock still. Um, you're just sort of seeing, like, the outline of it. I don't know if any of you have ever seen a fossil like that in the in the rock, but, like, you, you know, you can kind of like see the shape, but it's, like, really in there. Um, it looks um, like you might need specialized tools and maybe even, you know, someone with more skills and knowledge about fossils in order to, um, excavate it. But, like, Fletcher, that's, like, that's a thing that you are aware of as a profession. So basically we're in, like, the South Dakota fossil lands. Kind of, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, that's the thing you find. I'm kind of imagining this in my head cannon is looking a lot like Wyoming because we have a crap ton of fossils up here. Yeah. Like, yeah. people just find dinosaurs. Well, it sounds like you just found something. 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 A megalodon that ate our ship. <laughs> <laughs> That didn't happen that long ago. That megalodon would not be a fossil yet. <laughs> it's a fossil. Pretty sure it's, it's, it didn't die, so it's probably still alive. <laughs> Which one? The first one or the second one? Oh, well, I mean, yes. one of those yeah. megalodons is definitely dead. <laughs> yeah, all right. Yeah, fine. Fair enough. The smaller one. <laughs> yeah. The one I mean... Ate, the one that ate Floppy. Um, <laughs> I mean, maybe, maybe, maybe that smaller one got a crit on the big one and just maybe. got really fat. You have no idea what happened to that battle because you ran the fuck away. <laughs> 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 and then 
Nancy's character got eaten by a crocodile. Um, what? <laughs> you remember that? I don't right? know what you're talking about. <laughs> I don't remember no nothing. <laughs> anyway, um, is there anything else you would like to do here? Which are, are you taking any of these things? Did it wait? So everyone else, I'm assuming, is also standing by me and saw like the face, right? Yeah, I mean, you can point it out yeah. to everyone. Yeah. I mean, it's not like a face. Like you can see, like well, yeah. the 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 curve of a snout, and maybe like like the shape of another tooth, kind of you know coming down from it. But hey. like you don't see very much of it. Hey, but guys, it's also I, it's all it's I also obviously found... bone, right? Hmm? Sorry, it's also obviously bone, right? Oh well, it's obviously a fossil bone. But oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah like stone. I meant yeah, yeah, stone, yeah. not yeah. bone. Yeah, you know what I meant. Sorry, Kay. What were you gonna say? Um, I think I found. The rest of it, maybe. Can I, skeleton. Yeah. Can I just fly up a little bit to sort of get a broader perspective and see, like, can I see any more of it? Is that sort of the, a- any uh, more the place of where the what? land is cleared out? I guess what I'm mostly curious about is just, can I see sort of the full extent of where the ground has slid away? And just, like, can I see any more of the creature exposed? And then also... Oh, okay. Um... You don't see, like, as you fly up and, like, look around, you don't see any more, like, exposed rock areas. Um, I mean, this is a fairly large hill, but, like, you don't see mm-hmm. any other exposed rock areas around here, no. Okay. And then does this look like it was just sort of natural erosion? Um, you haven't seen any, like, tool marks or, like, anything else that would make you think someone had dug here. Um, it's kind of hard to tell, because, um, like, you can look at the, like, the texture of the soil in the exposed areas. Like, it looks like this has been this way for a while. Um, okay. So, like, yeah, it's not super clear what might have happened to expose this rock, but, yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. Well, this this whole area may just be filled with these, and then we just happened to find them because this hill collapsed. Um, so they're, they're good be. Do you, do you think that the the people that are blackmailing us would be interested in this? I mean, that could be like old dead skeleton thing might be valuable and might be worth more than parrots, right? Which these seem a lot easier to get. They're not going to go anywhere. <laughs> True. It hasn't tried to uh, kill us yet. Yeah, and I mean, that. We, we can try to take back things that are particularly interesting. Um, uh, if it's something that seems like it may be uh, more, a little more uncommon, like things that were once animals or something, uh, I I, I mean, don't believe the iron pyrite would be interesting to anybody. Either, you know, even then, even if, uh, uh, you know, they don't find it interesting, um, the adventure, the adventurers people would probably pay for, would definitely pay for something like this. Yeah, Casper would probably be interested in something like this, right? Casper equals blathers. Um. <laughs> <laughs> blathers. Well, this this sort of thing, I, I mean, we we can take back a few small things, uh, but I, I think this would be more of a a bigger operation for the Adventurers Guild or even the university to to set up a site here and really unearth these things and find out what's going on here. It's we should mark reason. it on a map. We don't have a map. We don't have a map. <laughs> Fletcher, have you made a map? We know it's yeah, make a map, or... Fletcher. Why would I be the one making a map? <laughs> well, you're always writing things in that little book of yours. I mean, yeah, my job... Yeah, you're, like, really smart and stuff. And my job is just to kill things, so I'm not going to make the map. <laughs> well. Do you have a spell that's, like, create map? <laughs> no. No, okay. But you do have that fun wand that takes pictures for you. 
I do. But I don't get a lot of uses, so. True story. Do we camp here for the night? Yeah, what time? That's what that was. I was wondering what time it was. Yeah, that's a great question. It is getting on towards dusk. Um, like I said, a lot of the hills around here, including this one, because you're on kind of like the slope of this hill right now. But this hill up at the top, there's sort of like a, a ring or like a little bit of a protected area made by like trees and shrubs and stuff. Um, so there are some like good camping areas in the vicinity. Yeah. Well, the the top of the hill though, if we even if it's a little more protected. If we start a fire up there, that can be seen from all over. Even if it, even if we do have some hill, some shrubs and stuff around us. So maybe we actually want to camp sort of in the like leeward side of this hill where it's collapsed. If there's sort of a an a bank, embankment there. If I'm picturing the hill right, I'm are picturing. You, are it as you like, thinking of like a like a this kind of dealio where there's like, like if there's like the hill going up and it's like collapsed down in this part. But there's there's almost like a like a cutout from the hill that we can kind of go there, so we're protected from a bunch of sides. There's not like a not like a roof like divot. It's no, more not like, a roof. I'm just oh. thinking just a thing. So we're next oh. to the hill, lower down instead of on top of a hill. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it's it's kind of like that. Yeah, it's not like it's okay. not like super 3D and covery, but I, I get what you're asking. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, yeah, it's a little bit more than you would be like out on the flat ground. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like, I just feel like being at the top of a hill is like announcing like, hey, we're <laughs> up here. We can't guarantee that we are completely like hidden. You're like, free to rob can. us. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah. So is is the sort of like sloughed out area where you'd like to camp? Uh, me. That's my vote. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Um so you uh you set up camp there um and that sounds like a great place to uh to stop um and we will pick it up next time with you uh camping there um yeah yay so yay thanks so much for everybody playing and i thought that was a really great fun like sciencey session i enjoyed that i hope you enjoyed it Thank you to everybody in the chat um, or who was watching and not chatting. Uh, thank you so much for being here. We appreciate you. And thank you so much for celebrating and, uh, and uh, appreciating our 20th episode and our one year anniversary with us. This is really special. I'm so excited that we've made it this far and made such great friends who come and watch us and enjoy what we do. Or if you're listening to us on our podcast later, thank you so much for hanging out with us and enjoying what we make. Um, we are scientists who like to nerd out in our free time too. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So this, this nature check project has been a, a labor of love for all of us. And I've really enjoyed, um, making this and sort of getting into the gamer space with everyone. Um, yeah. So does anybody have anything they want to do to sort of like lead us out here at the end? We love all of you. Yay! Yeah, thanks for yeah. thanks for thanks so much for supporting us uh, uh, over the past year. And you know, if you like what you see, again, tell your friends, bring them in, and uh, uh, feel free to ask any sort of you know fun and interesting questions in the chat. Yeah, and don't forget um, follows and subs on Twitch really help us out and make a difference. Um, we appreciate all of that as well. Um, Cause like eventually it would be really cool if we had a big enough following to like go to some cons or something. That would be fun. Yeah. I think do traveling really shows. Cool. Yeah. 
Um, Go on tour. That would be really fun. So we'll we'll see. We got big dreams. Um, here's to our next year, I guess. Uh, yeah. Woo! So yeah, thanks everybody. Um, and I guess we'll see you later. Bye. Yeah. Bye. Bye.